Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom they have to offer. Today, I sit down with Abba Amukwondo and we drink some Prosecco. Abba is an actor, writer, and comedian currently based out of Toronto. You can see her on screen in CBC's award-winning This Hour Has 22 Minutes as the youngest cast member ever. Abba is a part of Toronto's sketch comedy ensemble, The Sketchersons, as well as the Untitled Black Sketch Project. She co-hosts a very funny pop culture podcast called Nostalgique and is a published playwright. This winter, you can also catch her on screen hosting CBC's Best in Miniature, where contestants will be asked to build their dream homes in miniature form. I can't wait to watch. I love miniature stuff. So Abba is an actor, writer, comedian, and someone I admire immensely. Hi, Abba. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm so good. I get so excited every time I hit record, even though yes. we like, we're just chatting. Do you do that too? Yes. Cause for me, it's like verbally hearing that. Hey, it's like, we're in the room. You we're know in what the I mean? percent. Yeah. Even if I'm just doing it myself, even if it's just, yes. hello. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. Okay. So we just said right before we started recording that mm. I haven't popped my, so we're drinking Prosecco today. Drinking I love that you said Prosecco. Thank you. I, uh, Prosecco. I spent so long in the store trying to decide on which Prosecco to choose because yes. I didn't know I and then I almost emailed you and I thought mm-hmm. well oh, I really should get out of the store told you. I should well, have no, told no, you which one no I mean I should have asked I was like oh I should have asked before I came here mm-hmm. I got this because at the restaurant that I used to serve at and by mm-hmm. used to I mean like COVID has closed everything yes, yes, um, yes, yes. they sold blue Giavello and I've never Ooh. oh okay good I've had that before okay okay um when I got my first it wasn't even my, I'm saying it like I got a condo <laughs> in this city. No, it my was first the- condo investment. My first purchase. <laughs> it was like my housewarming, a friend brought that over and I had never had Prosecco before, or I probably hadn't, didn't know what it was. Yeah. It was like the first adults moment I ever really had. Yeah. Oh, was blue Giavello. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. See, that's, you know what? I fucking love sentimental shit and that's mm-hmm. so sentimental. Okay. That's yes. lovely. They sell this at the restaurant and, um, Mm-hmm. I, I've never tried it. And I feel like a jerk. If someone's like, is it good? I always say, I have no idea. Like I don't <laughs> good. know. Good. No. It's so good to be that person. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. going to lie. Cause then if they hate it, I mean, like, I know, like I have bad taste. Like, what am I going to say? So I have to say, <laughs> like, yeah. I have to just say, listen, I always say, I have no idea, but so-and-so really likes it. And I don't lie. So I just try and find like someone in the restaurant. It, yes, exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. Which, um, which brand are you drinking today? So tonight, basically I was supposed to run to LCBO, but I was doing my taxes. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're ta- oh. Yeah, exactly. You know what? You know, so, so necessary. Well, so, say, necessary. so necessary. I mean, yeah, like it's, <laughs> you have to it's do illegal. It. It's exactly. illegal if you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I was doing it and I was really in the, the mode of it. So I just ended up ordering from um, Italy. I got the Ronco Belvedere Prosecco. So good. I've had this one before. It's very light, kind of like a little bit sweet, but very, very good. Yeah. I love how you ordered it for the, you could have just been like, Hey, I have juice in my fridge. That's what we're drinking. 
No, I wanted I wanted to have the full experience because I saw Coco on it. Oh. I saw Coco on your podcast and I was yes. like, Coco was drinking her drink. I want to drink my drink. She too. was. And now I that's like the wine I buy every time now. The Apothic Red. Apothic oh, yes. Red. It's yes, so yes, yes. good and so full-bodied. Mm. Yes. And mm-hmm. like smooth and a little sweet, but not so yes, much like my yes. stomach hurts afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so all thanks good. to the podcast. Maybe now I'll only be drinking blue. I don't know. You know what? I'm always afraid to say um, brands in case they're like awful people. Yes. I, but that's the, you know what I've, you know what I've come to terms with this year. I feel like online, a lot of people have been like, this brand is horrible. And this brand, I'm like, every brand is horrible. Every brand is horrible. They're all owned by Johnson and Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're, unless you're Mm -hmm. buying from like an independent source from a person, there's no way to really ensure. Cause even when brands have that, like, Oh, um, this is a hundred percent, uh, cruelty, cruelty free. Yeah. They find loopholes you know, so do find loopholes like when, Oh, so I, Oh, so naive. Mm. I thought, and this could be totally wrong. Like the details Mm. are wrong, which I know matters, but the Mm. gist of the story is like, I think it was McDonald's said like we use real chicken. And then I found Mm. out the brand was called real chicken chicken. and it wasn't the ingredient. And that was the day I said, fuck this. I don't understand. Yeah. Like this is so rude. So blue Giavello, I don't know if it's good people. I don't know if it tastes good. I'm going (laughs) to, This is the dumbest idea. I told Abba, I'm like, I'll edit it out if I have to. I'm going to try and open it like sort of near the mic. I think you can do it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's so nice. Like we, I met you like literally three minutes ago and you're already like, you can do this. I really appreciate encouraging the people. Yeah, it feels <laughs> great. You. I heard from a friend that with like mm. carbonated um, beverages like this with a mm-hmm. cork, you twist down, which I really? have never thought of. I'm so like scared, down. which is completely oh, against. Yeah. 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 So you know what? I have been no. doing that. Oh, like, you have. You just down, instinctually yes. knew. You ever, I, I don't, ever, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But that makes, I feel like it is counterintuitive. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, cause I always pull. Okay. So I'm going to try and do this. I'm okay. so scared for everyone watching. Like I already am like cringing. Oh my God. I'm so scared. I should have done this. I should have done this off camera. Oh my God. I'm so scared. (laughs) Oh my God. That was awful, but also perfect. Look at the smoke. Oh, beautiful. Blow it. (laughs) I have like my crystals and stuff here too. And it's like, I feel like a witch. I love this. (laughs) Um, so Abba, why Prosecco? Okay. So as I said, you know, the first time I ever found, I ever tried Prosecco, it was uh, at like the housewarming and I'd always known it existed after that, but I never really bought it because I always thought, like uh, more bang for your buck if you get like uh, a liquor or like, you know, I I knew more about like rosés and like cheap wines and stuff like that. Yeah. But then when I was in Halifax recently, I was hanging out with a coworker's wife and she, um, (laughs) she, she was like, I'm a Prosecco person. And I was like, that is such a fancy and classy thing to say. Like, yeah, I'm a Prosecco person. <laughs> so. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. That's a beer. No, I'm That's a Prosecco not. person. I'm also, Prosecco the fact person. that it's an alliteration, I'm like, oh my God, can I be one? Like, exactly. I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was for me. And the way she looked drinking it, she was really enjoying it and like, like smacking her lips. Oh. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, from now on, I'm a Prosecco person. I'm a Prosecco too. person. It does yeah. feel a little self-indulgent to say I'm a Prosecco person, but I actually think that I could be practicing more. Like, like, you know, when you got to just veer strong the other way so that mm-hmm. you end up ping-ponging in the middle somewhere of like confidence. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think I should do, this smells amazing also. It's, oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. 
right? Like I feel like Prosecco's have like a very light and like kind of not flowery, but almost flowery, like almost flowery, like a little Mm. floral and like a little, it's like if a pear was a flower Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, cheers. Sorry. I know you just no. took a drink and now my- cheers. Ahead. Okay. Cheers. cheers. Thank you so much for being here with <laughs> me today. Thanks for having me. This is bringing me back when I was in university. Mm-hmm. I used to, okay. So bang for your buck. So I used to um, buy the liter and a half bottles of Bambino. Like, yes. which isn't even, I don't even think it's Prosecco. <laughs> it's I think like it's juice. just <laughs> juice. I think it literally says like sparkling grape juice. It doesn't say sparkling, sparkling grape juice, but like, yeah. I don't even think they would consider Prosecco. And I would yeah. drink the whole liter and a half myself that night. Me too. I love Bambino. I love yes. it so much because that's the kind my dad would get for New Year's. <gasps> oh my God. I can't, you know, I don't know. I don't meet many people who even know what Bambino, when I say Bambino, they're like, what is that? They're I'm like, like no, no, no. You don't understand. Like this was my school go-to. Yes. <gasps> Yes, so it must Bambi have felt so, so fancy too. Like when you got older, like your dad would buy it for, for new year's and then you got mm-hmm. older and you could just buy it on a night out with friends. Exactly. And we, I'd buy it for like, um, uh, celebrations. I don't know why for me, it was like the most adult thing you can do is pop champagne to celebrate something. I think so, it is. <laughs> it is right. Yeah. So, yeah. And the moment I got into university, I was like, I'm going to affirm that. And I, <laughs> I was always, I'd be like, I got an A on a test, which was like, never. Bambino. <laughs> Bambino. $15. So cheap. So cheap. Oh so. my God. Yeah. For a liter yeah. and a half. Now, when I look at it, I'm like, how did I drink that all in one night? Cause it's also exactly. very sweet. Like so sweet. I don't yeah. know how my body, well, you know, when I think about it, like whenever I saw champagne as a kid, it was mm-hmm. either, yeah, at a big party celebration. Like I'm thinking on TV, I'm not even thinking yeah. real life, but like, <laughs> yes. you know, it's like, Oh, a big new year's party. Or yes. it's like, really rich people going shopping. Like it's mm-hmm. always extravagant. Yes, like they're they always shopping. to look yeah, at yeah, a yeah, shoe, yeah. like on and Real Housewives, like, they'll like look at a shoe and they get champagne. Oh and my God. Atlanta, especially they're always getting they're champagne. Always in these little stores. And Nini's always like ready. <laughs> Nini's <laughs> always <laughs> ready. Atlanta? Oh my God. Okay. Abba. Okay. So I knew that you started and not to be creepy. I promise. No, it's just no, like it's research okay. for a guest. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew you started Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and mm-hmm. I was so excited to talk you better, but I did not know that you also watch Atlanta. I just finished. Um, I just got um caught up for Atlanta. I think the last episode I watched actually, I don't know if I'm fully caught up. Last episode, they were still trying to oh no, Portia was mad at Kenya yep. for insinuating that Bolo and her were hooked, even though we know it was her and Bolo. <laughs> and it's also like it's okay. Who cares? You're, you're an not adult. with your husband. You're an adult. Like exactly. you're not, you're not breaking any like moral oaths to anybody. Also that, though, I mean. was, I was like annoyed with, Ke- oh my God, Abba, you don't understand. Like yes. not many yes. of my friends watch this show. I'm so glad that I found no, you. No, this is okay. exactly <laughs> like, oh my God, I don't have a lot of friends who watch this. Okay. But I was annoyed with Kendra. Cause I'm thinking like, isn't it? It's like, if it's a bachelorette party, why yes. are you trying to, but it's hurt people, hurt people. She exactly. is not, that's what it is right now. She has such weird control issues. I haven't yes. watched the latest episode yet, but mm-hmm. I saw a clip from it where she's like grabbing, um, the other girl who's from Toronto, who's always causing mess. Oh, sh- like oh Sherry. No, is it sh- it's like Chanel, oh. Sherry or something, something like that. Something like that. I know exactly who you're talking about. Cause they, yeah. she brought them to pride Toronto, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so basically what happened was like these, um, carolers had come to, uh, sing for them hmm. and Kenya's like grabbing her and like really grabbing her. Like she's an abusive boyfriend or something. It was oh, really no. weird. And all the comments on this clip are like, what is Kenya's 
problem. She has a control issue. She has has a a control control issue. issue. Absolutely. She's also still in a very like toxic, complicated, un no boundaries. We were talking about boundaries boundaries. and her relationship right now with her like husband or ex-husband, like Mark, I'm not sure she's, I mean, I honestly, I feel for her so hard and, and on real housewives, you always, God, I'm like, (laughs) I'm loving this so much. And also Mm -hmm. I'm just like, can I love it this much? Um, (laughs) but in between seasons, you'll see like for a whole season, there's at least one housewife who is just acting horrible to everybody. And you're like, this is inexplicable. Like what is going Mm -hmm. on here? And then Mm -hmm. afterwards at the reunion or like the next season, you're like, well, yeah, um, I was going through a divorce or like my mom was sick. It's always something. So I'm just assuming it's that, but it's like, you Mm got to stop with this bolo thing. Exactly. Everyone's He's adults. a stripper. They're yeah. all adults. Exactly. And it was also a thing where it, it was like this whole thing happened during the pandemic. I'm sure right. Portia has not been going out and seeing people. Let the girl get some dick. Can I Come say that on, on this podcast? Yes. Oh, I should have said that in the beginning. Say whatever you want. Yes. <laughs> nice. I literally okay. put explicit on every episode so that there are no boundaries in that area. Good. Um, yeah, 100%. Because I'm pretty sure like they had to like every all the people at the bachelorette party had yes. to get tested. They were so all if tested, she's not able yeah. to see anybody. Although watching mm-hmm. Real Housewives, when I know that they, like it's it's COVID time for them too. Yes. Sometimes I don't get the escapism that I really got in the previous no, seasons or that I like at need all. anymore. It's, it's sometimes I have to turn it off and it makes me sad. Exactly. <laughs> I totally feel that, especially this season. It was a thing for me where like, I don't know, I feel like with certain t- narrative TV shows, when they mm. do it, I'm like, shut up. But it hurts yeah. even more with, with reality shows because it was me escaping into these like rich people's lives and yeah. everything they did felt so like detached from the real world. But oh. now they're very much a part of the real world. They're escaping totally. COVID like the rest of us but it's even more annoying because they can travel and do stuff because they're like celebrities because they're celebrities and so they still get get to go to nice places yeah yeah and they're around like if they're just like if they're at a bachelorette party right it's Mm -hmm. a little all I keep like if they're a little bit more secluded because some of them are Mm -hmm. going to like restaurants and things and every Mm -hmm. time a server comes up I'm like oh my god please get away from the server or like they'll get up to go to the bathroom I'm like put your fucking mask on like I get you it's not fun but then even when they're like in a house all together. And I know mm-hmm. they've all been tested. Mm-hmm. Then I think of the crew. I just keep thinking yes. of the crew. Exactly. Exactly. It's such a, it's such a weird thing. I don't know. I guess in the U S it's different. And for mm. them, by the time we're watching the next season, no one will have masks on. Cause I'm sure everyone's mm-hmm. gotten vaccinated by now, but it's yeah. very much this thing where like working on a set during the pandemic, mm. they are incredibly strict and like we all follow the rules because we all we all know we're so fucking lucky to be working, mm. so lucky to be working. But it's also a thing where, yeah, you want to protect the crew. And on top of that, you just want to follow the rules. No one wants mm-hmm. to like be the asshole who gets in trouble for that. But I think about how on reality shows, like it's one thing to say that on a set where it's narrative, everyone's an actor. You very much know what you're coming there to do. But mm-hmm. on a reality show, there are so many other factors that you can't consider. So yeah. I, I can only imagine how many times those crew members have been put in harm's way. Oh like, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a hundred percent. Like, and you can't really say my, like, I know I would not be fun right now if I was on a real housewife. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't be fun because I couldn't afford to keep up with any of them. <laughs> no. But let's just say somehow, like I had enough money that when I went shopping for shoes, like yes, they gave me champagne, you know, <laughs> yeah, which I yeah, used yeah. to think, could I just go into those stores and get champagne and then not get buy anything? 
probably probably but they'd look at you weird they'd give you like the selena treatment you know (laughs) yeah they would they would would judge me hard they would also though i feel like they'd probably know when i walk in they'd be like h&m like they would just know Right. They always know. They would for sure clock this H and M cardigan that I'm wearing right now. Me too. The H and M cardigan that I'm wearing too. They'd be like, "No, you're wearing a yeah. sports bra. You're not coming in here. You like it's not happening." Yeah. yeah, that's so true. But even when they have like little parties, and then this stresses me out. Every scene. This is when my like escapism will click, and it ruins everything. Is mm. if they're having like a get together with just the cast, mm-hmm. and then someone knocks at the door and they all look over like who? And I'm like, Oh, I just, I invited my sister Mallory. And everyone's like, Oh, I didn't know she was coming. I would be flipping my shit. Like, listen, you need to tell me who's coming. Has everyone been tested? Like, this is not, this is not like a, just text someone and they can come over for the barbecue. No, exactly. 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 And it's, it's so stupid. Cause I, I, I know that like, with like shows like this, a lot of these things are like pre-planned. They know who's going to be in the area, blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, no, you guys need to be very specific this season. You can't, you know, you need to communicate to the audience that, you know, like, I think that's a huge part because I do think about certain people who are watching, who are Mm -hmm. going to adopt these sort of lax, yes, lax, like beliefs or, or just lax perceptions of, oh, okay. Exactly. So it's not a big deal. People aren't, t- oh, it's okay. If one exactly. more person, cause it's her sister mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of, I think that there is a bit of a responsibility. It's like posting online. And if I posted a picture from two years ago where I'm side by side with a bunch of people, I yes. feel the responsibility in the caption to say, yeah, this was from 2016 or like whatever exactly. Exactly. in there. But yeah. so yeah, the escapism is it's, like, yeah, that's ruined. That's lost. That's yeah. completely gone. Yeah. I'm so glad we got to Real Housewives because I was going to ask too. you at the end and I'm like, no, it's, uh, it means no. so lovely that it, we're like champagne, Real Housewives, first yes. interaction ever. And that's where we got to. I Very love nice. It. I, I love, love that it. so much. Okay. You <laughs> did mention um, being in Halifax and being mm-hmm. on set. I'm like, you know what? Let's dive into this. Yes. Okay. So last year you got cast on the award-winning, I'm, I feel dumb saying this to you, but it's for listeners. In case you didn't know, Abba, last year you got cast on the award-winning Canadian TV series, This Hour Has 22 Minutes, and Mm -hmm. you are the youngest cast member to ever be cast. How did it feel like finding that out? It felt, I found out literally perhaps months after oh, really? I had already been on the show. <laughs> somebody I or like somebody asked me, they're like, did you know? And I was like, no, I didn't know. I assume Nathan Fielder was the youngest person who had ever been on the show, but I, I guess I was proven wrong. And then I thought my the people who um came after me were my age and I was also wrong. So it was like this, this <laughs> it was like this thing where I was like, oh what, really? <laughs> You're like, it makes no, sense. you're wrong. And then you're like, oh, wait, never mind. Wait, no, you're wrong. Oh, never mind. Hold on. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It, it definitely was that. And the first time somebody told me, I thought they were trolling me. I thought they were making a joke about like oh, how no. long the show has been on. <laughs> but no, I, I just simply am the youngest cast member. Yeah. But oh. mentally, I want everyone to know mentally I am 85. Like I've been alive for a <laughs> long time in my head. <laughs> well, and I wonder, like, maybe it was almost better that you didn't find out right away. Cause maybe yes. you think there would be like added pressure if you knew that going into it. I think so. I think knowing if I, if I had known, I would be, I would be like, you know, like pitching TikTok sketches left and right. <laughs> oh, you'd be like, you would be like digging deep into yeah. the young angle. Oh I'd my God. be like, that's my thing. The other way. Oh, that's my, oh, that's, that's you're like, okay, thing. my I'm niche young. is I'm the youngest and I'm going to just hit this hard. That's probably smarter. But, but I've been learning. It's not good to do that. I've been learning. It's not good to like point out your, <laughs> your youth. 
<laughs> to, to people in the in the industry um and and everyone always does it very playfully where I'll say my age and they're like fuck you <laughs> uh, but it's 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 like a nice sneak attack like people mm. assume that they're your age and then bam I'm young as like fuck. give me bam. more opportunities I'm 12 <laughs> I'm 12 I'm ready I have so much energy give me exactly it's bam I can't be in this bar yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Bam, I'm underage. Do exactly. not. Um, it's interesting though, in like an industry that's so obsessed with youth, like mm-hmm. Holly, like it's like, oh, sorry, you're 19. You're now too old to play a grandmother. Exactly. That you almost have the experience of needing to hide your youth a little bit that it would, it would deem you like illegitimate almost. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what the yeah. fuck age do I need to be where I'm old enough that I deserve to be here, but I'm exactly. young enough that I still have worth in your eyes. Like truly 33, 33, 33 is the sweet perfect- spot. <laughs> okay. I'm so ready to become 33 and everyone just love me. Yes. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I think it's very much this thing also where when you're working in an industry, like the comedy industry or just mm. entertainment in general, you're constantly working with people who are so much more older than you or so mm. much more younger than you. Mm-hmm. And it levels the playing field by like, not always putting that on the table. That's yeah. What I've learned. Like, yeah. It's a thing where, I mean, essentially, I don't want anyone to feel like it's a big thing that matters. It doesn't matter mm. that much, but it, it's just, um, I find that when I don't say my age, it, and somebody doesn't tell me their age, I'm not like pandering to what mm. I think they know or what they like. It's yeah. It kind of yeah. just levels the playing field. Yeah. Well, and yeah. sometimes people are so interested in things that didn't even come into play during yeah. their life. Like just because I'm a certain age or you are someone else, it doesn't Mm-hmm. We assume interests be based on that, yes, but oftentimes exactly. it can be a younger person can love things from decades ago mm-hmm. and an older person can love things like that just came out. You know, I saw a girl on yeah. TikTok today who is obsessed with sports and she was like, yes, that girl. You know? yeah. Oh, did you see? I saw yes, someone I else do wedding it being like, oh, she thinks it's a new invention. <laughs> and I'm like, see, she's young and she's into something from decades ago. Exactly. So like, it doesn't fucking matter. Exactly. Like I'm super into unsliced bread. Like, you know, that's <laughs> amazing. Oh my God. You know what? Something's like specific to the point of like perfection. That was yeah. a great one, Ava. <laughs> Ooh, you. so you prefer unsliced bread. No, I'm just joking. I don't oh, actually. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> so interesting. I but used to there's... get some, but oh, it's driving me fucking yes, crazy. It's, it's such an, an annoying thing to have to cut it, but I used to get that, like, um, what's it called? Egg bread. I used to get egg bread from Sobeys. Yeah, and the Sobeys locations would never cut it. So, I mean, it, it tasted so good, so much better than sliced bread, but yeah. uh, fuck, I hate cutting bread. <laughs> And so has a deli like they can't yeah. cut it like cheese or like meat I don't know they just got lazy with that one they mm. said no sir I don't know like, no if you got another no. sourdough sure egg bread sure. Get it. like we're egg not bread, exactly that's not yeah. happening yeah. it's so interesting you say that because I remember like in in doing um like musical theater for example or any mm-hmm. uh, any theater it doesn't matter um but I was with a musical theater company for a few years and nice. so friends with these like two um specific actors for a few years and it Mm -hmm. wasn't until a few years like in so I keep saying fucking few years it wasn't until years (laughs) later I don't know why it came up but we ended up saying what year we were born and there was like eight years and then five years I was in the middle and we're like whoa yes totally just assume we're all the same age but it didn't matter it's such a like a more valuable experience to not like who cares Exactly. It's, yeah. and I think everyone really puts a lot of pressure on age as like an indicator of like success. Mm. Like if you're a certain age and if you achieve something, then 
you know, if you're too, if you're too old and you achieve something, then it's invalid. If, mm-hmm. And I don't think that any of that matters. And I, for a long time, it did put a lot of pressure on myself and just like all my friends on like mm-hmm. having to achieve things. Like I was applying to things that I didn't, didn't even want to do. Cause I was like, uh, I'm, I'm 23 and my eggs are dying. I need to establish a career <laughs> for like, marriage. I, I applied for egg retrieval and like, yeah. I'm now in fertility treatments and I don't need it. Like I'm fine. I don't need it. <laughs> I'm doing exactly. it too early. Yeah. Oh no, totally. I remember, yeah. um, as a kid turning, like, I don't know when I, I think I was a teenager or something, but I remember mm-hmm. thinking like, oh no, I think it was when I turned like 18 and I was like an adult, yes. like air quotes adult. And I yeah. remember thinking like, well, I'm never going to be um, like, I'm never going to be a great actor. And someone would be mm-hmm. like, wow, I'm impressed. They're gonna be like, yeah, you should be a good actor by now. Like, I'm never going to be imp- like impressive yeah. to anybody. I just gave it up at 18. Is that so sad? That is so sad and unfortunate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I remember, you know what you saying? This reminds me of this time when I was working at a call center mm. in Mississauga is my first summer. It was the summer before second year. Mm. Um, and I told somebody I was an actor and she was like, oh, how old are you? And I was like 19. And she was like, oh, you're going to be a starving artist. Like if you haven't hit the market by now, you are not at 19. I was like, you fucking bitch. You're just bitter. You're just bitter. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh, someone said that to me at my serving job too. They asked how old I was. And I said 25, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, and they had, they had, they wanted to be an actor and they had decided like, it wasn't for them. And that's totally mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, they found out I was an actor and they asked me how old and I said 25. And they were like, mm-hmm. Oh, good for you for sticking with it still. And That's I'm like, evil. oh my God. That is so evil of them. It's projecting. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what yeah. do you mean still in it? But it is so true that if I, like, if I booked a gig tomorrow mm-hmm. and someone, mm-hmm. and I walked on set and someone said, how old are you? And I said, 16, they'd be mm-hmm. like, oh my God. And they would immediately probably feel like a failure themselves. Exactly. They weren't also 16. But if I said, oh, I'm, I don't know, 50, they'd yeah. be like, like about time yeah 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 okay okay you're this is probably just fun for you like exactly credits it it really does just and I don't think it should I think that's so stupid like it it doesn't make any sense stupid it's so stupid considering that like you know your brain isn't finished developing until you're literally in your mid-20s and Mm on on top of that like I remember my drama teacher told me in my first year of acting school that like you don't get the good roles until you're in your thirties. So like, it's so evil to like, uh, you know, dissuade somebody from keeping with it. And the assumption that you get big roles that kind of put you on the map by the time that you're, you know, before you're in your thirties or whatever, Mm. that's also just ludicrous. Like such a small, 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 small percentage of actors actually achieve that. Yeah. yeah. But for people who aren't in the industry or for people who are aspiring to be in the industry or exactly it's so skewed because Mm -hmm. they're only seeing the people who are, you know, 30 and younger who are getting those big roles on TV. You're not seeing the percentage of people who haven't gotten it yet and who will make a living at it in their 30s. Exactly. You're not seeing any of that, you know? So it's like, it's like if you, if you interview a bunch of kids from divorced families and ask them Mm -hmm. about divorce, it's going to seem like everyone gets divorced, but you're only asking the people who are from those families. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But it can be so fucked up and there's just not Mm -hmm. a lot of like, I don't think there's a lot, unless you know people who are in the industry, I don't think yes. there's a lot of reliable people or sources to really no. ask about. Oh my God, no. And people who are in the industry are so like, I'm in the industry. Like, <laughs> it's and very like close. So like, it's very yes. like, like, um, they hold the, they hold their yes. knowledge and their experience very, very 
tightly to them. Yeah. Which I and think I really is hate sad. That. Yeah. It's, it's so sad. And it's this stupid thing of like, that's how I know someone's shysty and not that good at their job. <laughs> Cause it's like, you're so untalented that you think mm-hmm. that you can't share this resource. Mm-hmm. Like all, all I I'm so lucky in that all the friends that I've made in the past year, since I've been acting and stuff like that, and just doing comedy in general, have always been like, Hey, do you need a manager? Like <laughs> everyone's Aww. like, you need a manager. Like, you know, everyone, everyone wants to provide you with a resource. And I feel like when you get into the comedy community or the industry in general with like a good group of people, mm-hmm. you'll never really hear that, like that evil side of the industry. That's yeah. always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you kind of have this, to like, yeah. you kind of absolutely. And I think that's through a process of like, mm-hmm. I was going to say weeding out. That's, that sounds like a, I don't know, maybe that's not the greatest, like term I agree. For it, I agree. Just sort yeah. Like sorting through, okay. You know what? No, no. Like mm-hmm. you, I don't feel great about myself when I'm around you. So we're going to put yes. you aside and I'll be nice to you, but I don't really know if I'm going to go to you for advice. It can be really hard to find those people for sure. Because yeah. there is also, of course, like the, the narrative that it is a competition, that there is mm-hmm. only one role for everybody that there is. Mm-hmm. And the, it's just, it's such an old narrative that's so ingrained in people that you, you yeah. can't see that it's actually just a fucking myth. Because if your friend yes. gets you a job, then when you go on and you're in a position to get a job, you yeah. can bring them. I mean, it's like people have been doing it for Adam Sandler and fucking Judd Apatow have been doing it for decades. Thank you. It works. That's what you do. <laughs> it Nepotism absolutely is does. Fair as long as everybody is like completely <laughs> qualified and talented. I mean, I'm not saying all of their friends are, but I'm just saying yeah. it works. That's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Also, it's such a funny thing where like, people are always like, you know, nepotism is, is, is bad, but, Mm -hmm. and to some extent it is, but it's also a thing where whenever I'm doing a panel or people ask me advice about like comedy, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you other than nepotism. Like truly, (laughs) I, I, I got a good start because I had friends who were looking out for me and were like, Hey, Mm -hmm. like you should do this. We think that you'd be good at that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I, I wish we'd, it, it wasn't called nepotism. And it was like called like having really nice friends that love you or something. <laughs> like. Yeah. But I also think it's being worth a referral. Like, yes. Yeah. I totally understand that sometimes it might feel like, oh, like, mm-hmm. oh, how'd you get this job? Oh, like a friend. Yes. But also that friend would not have recommended you unless exactly. you were, they thought you were good enough for this job and capable and hardworking enough and talented exactly. enough and all those things. So maybe it like you opened the door. They just mm-hmm. like held it for you. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, they just pushed you in. Yeah. They just pushed <laughs> you in just hand. a little bit. They, they, just, they just shoved you in there a little bit. <laughs> You're so nice. You're no. like, they held the door. I'm like, they, they just held the door. You. You're like, they, they donkey kicked me in the butt <laughs> and I flew through and now I'm here and I'm on the South of So yeah. So yeah. A, a friend suggested that you reach out to the show and, and like yes. submit yourself. Okay. So mm-hmm. then you get asked to do a self tape. So submit a yes. self tape which is a mm-hmm. video audition that you put together for any viewers or, or <laughs> listeners at home. So when you are deciding what to mm-hmm. do for your self tape, I would be like, I would be freaking out a little bit. Like I oh would think God. I would put so much stakes on the decision. Like, mm-hmm. what was it like for you trying to figure out what to do? What to for, put, bleh, 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 see, I'm too stressed. <laughs> I can't even no, ask truly, you it. You know what? <laughs> Honestly, I was so stupid stressed. And it was, it was also a thing where if I can be honest, it was like, yeah. I was asking around in the community and I was like, who is auditioning for this? And it was like, oh, like everyone I know. <laughs> So I was very much like, oh, I'm not going to get this. That's so stupid that I would even mm. consider it. And I and I I do tend to have a lot of anxiety around, 
I mean, I don't have it as much anymore, but before I definitely had an, a lot of anxiety around creating an original premise for like a sketch or something. Like I overcomplicate things and it's like, it's so much easier for me to write something that's narrative and funny and like 30 pages long than it is to write like a four page sketch. And so I, I truly, I had like a full on week to put the video together and I stressed about it and kept coming up with ideas until like last minute, literally day it was due. I was like, I can't fight it. I have to do an impression of Beyonce singing about the COVID <laughs> vaccine or not vaccine, the, uh, you know, hanging out in parks. Yeah, um, yeah. So my audition, basically my uh, self tape was basically me pretending to be a reporter talking about um, how people are eating um, steaks at Jack Astor's in Niagara Falls. Um, <laughs> and while COVID is, COVID is ravaging the rest of the country. Um, and then the reporter who's reporting this gets a call from Beyonce. And Beyonce is like, I have a new song about COVID. <laughs> and then I sing the song and I do it as, it's so stupid. I don't know how I got hired. <laughs> well, they're like, all right. She's got like, okay. players. She's she crazy. Impression. Yeah. She's rel- like, she's talking about relative, relative. Re- I'm going to take a sip of Prosecco. <laughs> let's, let's take a sip let's of Prosecco. Let's take a sip of Prosecco. <laughs> I'm so glad you chose this. Also, I haven't burped yet. Me neither. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. I, I just assume burp. carbonate. Yeah. Like yeah. I'll burp with even like beer. Yes. Uh, wait, oh is beer carbonated? Beer, 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 beer <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> even with even with sparkling water, I'm burping. Oh, sparkling water, it oh. it like punches the gas yeah. out of me. It's yeah. beautiful. I'm it's all night. I'm like, great. I'm just yeah. burping constantly. Okay, so you submit your self-tape mm-hmm. being Beyonce, which I love, and singing about okay. COVID. Love. <laughs> um, and then you find out that you get cast, Mm -hmm. which just like that call always, or that email or that text, whatever is always like fucking, Oh my God. It's insane. Yeah. And then you find out you have to go. I mean, maybe you kind probably already knew this, but then you find out you have to fly to Halifax. Yes. So what was it like traveling and having to like self-isolate and stuff before shooting this show? Oh my God. It was so wild. It was this thing where like, I had to like, I mean, getting there was truly scary for me. And because it was at a time too where COVID was still like pretty, we didn't know too much about it yet. I feel Mm. like we kind of know, no, I don't want to say everything. I would never say that about this evil virus, but (laughs) we know quite a bit now, but Mm -hmm. in the summer of 2020, it was like, I mean, things were opening back up, but shit was still up in the air. So I was Mm -hmm. really scared about getting on a plane because that's what wasn't really figured out yet. I think at that time, Mm -hmm. I remember just being really nervous about it. Um, But I I felt completely unprepared. I didn't pack until literally the night before and I had to wake up at 5 a.m. But it was just all these nerves. And I was like, what do I need? And uh, and my friend was going to be staying in my apartment. So I was preparing for them. Oh. And they had also gotten like a really big job. And so I was like, I was celebrating with them. So all this shit, it, it felt like I barely remember what happened because it felt like I was just constantly going. I didn't have any time to like stop and take stock of things. Um, but I did get drunk on the plane by accident. <laughs> <laughs> was it Prosecco or what did they it serve was you Prosecco I think it's the altitude I'm pretty the sure altitude. someone's told me this before about champagne yes. and the altitude 
it's the altitude. So yeah. I was, I truly had like one sip and was like, enough. <laughs> like I can't continue. I'm not this person. So I had one sip and then put the wine away because the Prosecco away. I was like, this is insane, insane. I can't be drinking on the, on the flight like this. And I landed and it felt and, and it felt uh, really fancy because they, they have a car come pick you up. <laughs> Did they have your name on a board? They, see, this is the thing. I wish they had that. That's what I was hoping, but it was very much like, okay, you go to the desk where the drivers and limos Ugh, are waiting for desk. you and, <laughs> and the taxi pulls up. Um, and it's this really nice lady. Um, and she told me about all about um, Halifax as we were driving to the hotel. Okay, well, that's great. I mean, still a yeah. car. Still, yes. like, that's still exactly. so awesome. No, no, that totally is still awesome. Screw exactly. the sign. You don't yeah. want everybody knowing your name anyway. Then no. they could, like, pretend to know you and they could, I don't know, be creepy. Weird, yeah. Be weird, yeah, 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 yeah. This is safer <laughs> to just not have your name. Exactly. Um, well, exactly. then you have all this, like, I mean, yeah, getting accidental drunk on the plane, celebrating with your friend, moving, packing last minute, 5 a.m. So you were saying like, you didn't really get time to think and slow down. And then you have to self-isolate in, I guess, were you in a hotel or like yes. an Airbnb or something there? So they have, they have like these hotel apartments. And um, the first one I was in um, was like an older apartment that was huge. It was like so stupid, like how big it was. <laughs> For one person, it felt insane to me because I'm so used to like Toronto apartments where even if it's like a condo, like a new apartment, they are small as shit. Tiny. But this one was like truly twice the size, maybe three times the size of the apartment that I had already been living in. Oh my so gosh. So I was like, I remember logging onto the Zoom for the first writers meeting and being like, you guys, I'm in a Toronto mansion. It's so big. <laughs> and showing them my shitty hotel room and everyone being like, yeah, we all live there. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but Adam, Adam Christie, who's a head writer in the Toronto room, was very nice about it and was like, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else yeah, was like, just a smile, but his eyes are like, dying. so he's annoyed. Like, yeah, he's crying. He's like, I'm getting the war flashback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So those two weeks, basically, the first time around, I was sometimes in meetings. It was this really like jostling thing where you don't really know what you're supposed to be doing or who you're supposed to be talking to. Mm. But Heidi Brander, who's the um, head writer of uh, our Halifax room, just the show in general, um, she was really great and just emailed me all the time. And otherwise I was like working on my premises and like having calls with the the cast and the writers to figure out what we wanted to write for me. And yeah, it, it really in the moment, it felt like I was being held captive. I was <laughs> truly depressed, but, <laughs> but after it passed, like now that I look back, I'm like, that was the easiest time, like in my life. Like that was the best time in my life. <laughs> like, I wish again, I go back. Sometimes when you're in the moment though, you, it's like, you don't, I mean, everything in retrospect, right? Like it's yes. so hard to see that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah. and I know that like, your dad watches the show and like mm -hmm. watch the show. You had it on in your home, like growing up. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, like, I assume you sort of already had an idea, not just an idea of the show, but like an idea of what it would be like. And, mm -hmm. you know, then as soon as you want to become an actor, like an idea of what it would be like to act on it or write on it, mm -hmm. what surprised you about, and it doesn't have to necessarily be about the show specifically, but the show or like the making of the show, the making of TV, what mm -hmm. surprised you about it when you, became a part of like the making process? Um, I think the thing that surprised me was that I was capable of doing it. Oh, that's such a <laughs> like good that, answer. That was the most surprising thing because everything is like, as confusing as it is, 
once you get a hang of it, everything's pretty straightforward and it makes mm. sense why it works the way it works. But truly like the only thing I was so shocked by was the fact that not only was I capable of doing this, but like people were like, yeah, this is like a sketch. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like, this is horrible. Like I was truly <laughs> expecting lots of notes and people being like, no, we're just going to rewrite all of this for you. But um, the collaborative aspect was perhaps the most surprising thing, because I don't think that's very common all the time, especially mm -hmm. with a show that works the way it does. Um, but yeah, other than that, that was the most surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Such a lovely answer. You're like, that I could do it. That like that, that, <laughs> that I was good at it. I mean, truly shocked. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you were the only one who was shocked. I'm sure everybody else was just like, yeah, That's obviously very nice. we knew you could do it. That's why you're here. Like, yeah, of course. You know what? That's, that is something that I should just keep in mind. I, <laughs> and it does, it does cause me so much anxiety that sometimes it keeps me from being able to like truly perform mm -hmm. at my best. Mm -hmm. Like just knowing that people have you in this space because you are good enough to do the thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, I, sometimes I'm like, it's imposter syndrome. And then other times I'm like, no, I'm working in a system that has very much worked against like people who look like me. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's that anxiety is like warranted, but the writers and the cast did a lot to like satiate that, which was really great. Oh, that is lovely. Well, and that's like the dream scenario. If it, especially if it's like, if I'm walking into my first, like big TV, like you're not only performing, you're not only writing, like you're doing both. I mean, thank mm -hmm. God there's like a warm collaborative supportive oh God. network because otherwise yes. this, is how, this is why if you allow people, like if you, <laughs> if you build them up and you encourage them to be themselves and you validate them, this is yes. how you get amazing work out of them. Exactly. And that's what I got. Oh my God. That's the thing. It's like, it was very much this thing where like the writers, like Jordan Foisy, Heidi Brander and Aisha Brown were just like, they were just everything. Like being there felt, I truly thought I was going to be in my hotel room every night, just going to the studio and then maybe going to dinner by myself and then coming back to the hotel room because I wasn't there with any other featured players. I was the mm. first one, like my being there was unprecedented. And so like, I, I thought it was going to be isolating and they were just everything like they made me they truly made me feel like <laughs> I, I'm talking about it like they gave me a million dollars on my first day but they were just so much fun they're like let's go here Abba you're gonna love this bar Abba let's go let's drink here and it was just so great they really made me feel like one of the team it was really nice Oh my yeah, God. Well, them. yeah. And that's even better. Like how many times do you write with your friends and you write exactly. even better stuff because as a person you feel supported and loved and like validated or valued. Yes, exactly. So, it's so much more fun. You can like shoot the shit and throw things against the wall. Cause you're not that's worried. What they're going to think. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it was very much a thing where like, I mean, it's so nice of you to say friends. Like when I first arrived, I was like, <laughs> oh man, these guys are going to hate me like, because they were comedians I already knew about. And like, they were so, mm. they're so much farther in their careers than I am. So I was mm. like, uh, like, what the fuck? I'm probably like a burden to them they probably have to teach me so many things but no they really treated me like I was one of one of the gang and mm. it's it's another thing where it's like your friends the people you work with end up being like completely different ages than you but like you find a common ground and that's definitely what happened yeah Oh yeah. When someone walks in and gets that experience, then it makes you want to give others that ex even if you would have already, it just makes you want to give like the next new person in that experience that much more, you know, yes, and just exactly. like keep, keep cultivating that experience for mm -hmm. anybody coming into the family, mm -hmm, into the family, exactly. into, into the, the family, <laughs> work boundaries, 
into the into the workroom. Into the workroom. Now into I'm the workroom, like, yes. like what's happening? I'm turning into all these different roles. I know also, okay, so I feel creepy when mm-hmm. like I shouldn't say I know no. because this You're stuff could be wrong. Thank you so much. Also, I'm like a lot of it, you said it. So I I I <laughs> exactly I, I believe it. <laughs> I know it's right. Um Okay. So dad watched the show growing up. Mom wanted to be an actor. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's like, Mm -hmm. when I'm picturing this, I just think it's so fucking cool that then your parents and, and, or your family and, or your loved ones, like they get to see you on TV. And I'm wondering specifically for the loved ones and like family members and stuff who aren't in the industry, Mm -hmm. what was that sort of reaction like, or I don't know, are there any like weird assumptions that they made that you're like, no, that's not like what it's like. Oh my God. You know? Yeah. Like my mom, for example, she's so funny. She, sometimes she says things to spite me, but a lot of the time she says things just to be like, just because she genuinely thinks them. Um, (laughs) And she kept doing this thing where if she'd watch a sketch of mine, she'd be like, I can't believe you died. Like, <laughs> like she couldn't separate the character from me. So, so like I, I did the sketch where I was the exorcist <laughs> written by uh, Kevin Shusak, who's a hilarious writer. Very, very funny. We all love him. And um, my mom was like, you were barfing. I, they made you throw up. That's horrible. And I was like, that's oh. not, why would you think that they do that to us? Like, they're not torturing us through I mean maybe some shows but this show is not like this, yeah and also like sometimes it's fun to get because you you don't want to ever do that in real life exactly like, die and barf and break up with somebody <laughs> exactly. but that's part of what's so fun about acting is you get to do those things and ideally in the right environment you walk away and you don't you feel great you feel dead or like yeah, you just barfed. yeah. exactly oh, I felt sweet. fine and my mom was like you're dying in all these sketches <laughs> was very like, I just want you to live and like do your favorite yeah. I just want to watch you do your favorite thing and be happy exactly. like exactly. I, can, I can zoom you mom like I can't yeah, truly that's, that's not a political stance like I can't <laughs> exactly. do that yeah no oh my god that's exactly. so funny well <sighs> I know that like okay so as a comedian as a writer, as an actor, Mm -hmm. as a performer, all these things, there's like a need or maybe a perceived need at least to be like very dialed in and to like Mm -hmm. be on top of everything, you know, and to be like posting about every joke and like tweeting about things. And it can like lead to actual jobs and all these things. So I'm wondering how do you, cause I'm okay. So I should preface, like, I'm a fan of your social media. I love your social media. (laughs) I really just allow myself to be very, uh, I risk being very lame on this podcast. I'm realizing as I edit it, I'm like, I would never say this to someone in real life, but I'm forcing myself. That is incredibly kind. I like your social media, Abba. And I'm wondering (laughs) with like this pressure kind of thing, I'm wondering Mm -hmm. like, how do you maintain a healthy relationship with social media? Like in what way do you interact with social media to keep it advantageous for you as like a Mm -hmm. person? and a performer and not get sucked into the void of it. You know, I've, I've truly never had a good relationship with social oh, media. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a fan of escapism. And so yes. when I was younger, I, I read a lot of books and like, mm-hmm. I listened to a lot of music, watched like, I just very like entrenched in culture to kind of feel like I was somewhere else. Um, and then when I figured out that social media existed, I mm. just got sucked into it. Like I was on Tumblr, just reading about other people's lives and like mm. really becoming obsessed with um, learning about other people and like 
you know, just creating relationships with people in like different countries who had the same interest in the things that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, I wasn't going out. I lived in Brampton. There was nothing to do but steal from Walmart. And I had already stolen so much. So <laughs> you're like, the shelves are empty. Like I have They're nothing. Empty. Yeah. All that's left is I don't like the, th- I, everything that I like is gone. Exactly. I already have it. Yeah, and, exactly. So I, I never had a good relationship, but I I'd say like the, the one thing that I've definitely learned in the past, like I'd say years that like, mm-hmm. there are certain things that I really want to tweet and as, as vile as my Twitter is, there are a lot <laughs> of things that I just don't mm. post because I don't want, and they're always personal. Cause I just don't want certain people to know what's going on. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want CBC to know that like, I'm really horny today, you know? Like, okay. That's what I was wondering. Like, then you get on this show and I imagine like, and of yeah. course, like with all the perks and wonderful things it comes with, like I, you, in any interview you ooze like gratitude and like appreciation for it. So preface that, yes. but like, I wonder <laughs> you get hired on a show that obviously has a network behind it, all these things, like a brand do you yes. then su- kind of like lose some of that freedom or have to like censor yourself a bit? Like a Disney kid, you know? I, like a Disney yeah, kid. <laughs> you know what? I remember telling, I think it was Aisha or Jordan. I remember being like, I have to watch what I tweet now. And they're mm. like, tweet whatever the fuck you want. Who cares? Oh, okay. And, and it definitely is this thing where you still kind of have to watch yourself because mm-hmm. like, you know, you don't want to say something like offense, like disparaging to like a marginalized group or mm-hmm they're always learning experiences happening on, happening on social media. And I've definitely learned from interactions with people, but it's a thing where like, I still tweet what I want to tweet, but like, I can't say that I want, you know, Doug Ford to redact it. Like I can't say the, the, the the mean, horrible, vile thing that I want to say, but I can still call him a dingling and I won't get in trouble for that. Cause like, that's my job. Like I go to Halifax (laughs) to say that. (laughs) They they fly me to Halifax. The nice desk lady gets me a car and I go to a Toronto (laughs) mansion to say that. So to say that to call Rob Ford a dingling, a dingling. <laughs> it's like you can't tweet your first draft, but you can still tweet your second yes. draft. That's like true, still true, yes. still authentic, but like a little more. That's the thing. It's, it's forced me to to edit more, which mm. is shocking. If you still go on my Twitter, it seems like it's not <laughs> edited. But I can't. I can't just say the personal things that I want to say all the mm. time. Like I still feel free to say whatever I want about mm. the state of the world and Canada and all, and all that stuff and the police. But like I, I truly and genuinely also don't want people to just know certain things about what's happening in my life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. And you're entitled to that, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it's weird. Like I. I find social media kind of like a mind fuck when it mm-hmm. comes to, like I often I'll ping pong between again we're talking about finding balance theme yeah. for me here but <laughs> yeah. like trying to find like no this is just a per- like I'm just using this personal and, like I'm posting pictures and who fucking cares and I don't need to think about it at all or yeah. then it's like okay no do I just use this for work and am I going to be a bit more strategic because it does and has led to actual jobs so am I being exactly. an idiot and am I being like lazy for just using it for personal use. And I don't know, how do you feel about all that? I get really confused. It's, it's so weird. It's a thing where like, when I first started doing comedy, I was very like much like, you know, I was very organized about how I wanted to have my career. And I had like Mm. a professional account and a private account, but then people were like, you have two accounts on Twitter. Why? (laughs) Like you were like, what the hell is wrong with you? And so I deleted one and I kept my Which one did you delete? 
I deleted the professional one professional because everyone one. was like, you're just saying stuff that no one cares about on that one and telling us when your shows are. And we're all following you on the vile, disgusting one where you tweet about your dick appointments. So, so I was like, okay, I, I just have, I, I have to keep this account, but it's definitely a thing where like, you know, like for personal stuff, I just, I have to just say in the group chat, or yeah. keep it to the drafts or keep it to the drafts. Make a, yeah. you know, make a Finsta, yeah. make a, a, a fake Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes when I feel like if I find that I, I have this one thing that I want to say and I keep going back to it, I'm like, well, obviously that's not a tweet. That's a sketch. Like why yeah. not write about this, you know, like try and, and is it ever really good? Do I ever really pitch these sketches anywhere? No, but, <laughs> but you have them for when you make your own show. You exactly. Have a, a whole little file folder full of them, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, I think that's a really good, um, like instinct though, or like pattern recognition to have it. Like, okay, if I keep wanting to say something about this thing, it's probably mm-hmm. something bigger than a tweet or bigger than a, bigger than an Instagram post or a Tumblr or whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's very like, um, I didn't, I definitely didn't always have that. It mm-hmm. was, it was something that I saw like other writers doing, mm-hmm. like my own friends who write and, um, who work in the industry, just being like, they're always talking about something. Then next thing you know, like they have a sketch about it. I'm like, they're making these <laughs> the languishing productive. How can I lang- languish productively? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> languish productively. Oh my God. Yeah. Totally. That's like a status right there. I love yeah. that. It's, it is hard. Like sometimes when I lean more towards, uh, towards maybe sometimes <laughs> lean more towards using my social media in a professional way, mm-hmm. I end up feeling like a douche. Like it feels self-indulgent yes, again, but then yes. I have to tell myself like, get the fuck over it. Who cares? Because then oh when God, someone yeah. reaches out and says, Hey, can I hire you for this thing? Because yeah. I saw your stupid highlights on Instagram about, I don't know, washing your face. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this isn't stupid. Like I exactly. Don't know. Yeah. It's hard to have a compass in those things. It is. It's such a hard thing because you, we see how people lean way too much into the professional thing where it's like, mm-hmm. this isn't fun anymore. And like, if we wanted this, we could just watch regular everyday TV. <laughs> but like, but I feel like it's, it's, it's so hard striking that balance because if, if you're the one always watching yourself, mm-hmm. then you edit things that actually maybe were okay. Or like it should, should be out in the public. Like it it feels like, it feels like sometimes when I'm overthinking how I should be, um, and I don't want to say like as a public persona, because I feel like five people know me, like you're one of the five people who know me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but see, see, but right here, I think it's like, you're sort of leaning away from being self-indulgent or something. Not to put that on you, but I'm like, no fucking lean into it. You are, you have art. If I, if I Google your name, I at least have two hours worth of reading material. Yes. That is very nice. Like, you know what I mean? But you are, your podcast was in Vulture. You're the youngest person ever cast on this hour. (laughs) Like, are you kidding? You're mentioned on a Wikipedia page, Abba. Amanda, you are spitting, girl. You are spitting. (laughs) Like, it's so funny because I'm like, but if I was you right now, I would say the exact same thing you're saying. And I'm thinking, but what the fuck is that? Because while we are like saying, hey, hey, I'm awesome. Well, you know what? No, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm awesome. Like, I'm kind of great. I mean, I guess I'm good. There's a bunch of other fucking people who are yelling in the streets. Yeah. I'm amazing. And then they're all getting opportunities. Yes. Yeah, they suck. They suck as yeah. people even too. It, that's the thing. And you know what it is? I think because we don't <laughs> suck as people. <laughs> because, because we're, we're fucking great. People, yes. But we still don't suck. 
exactly where we're, we have I think we have the wherewithal to be like oh wait am I being too much but mm-hmm. people who have in, insane okay oh this is <laughs> I, I can't fully give the context of this fair totally fair being around people who are constantly like this is what I do and this is who I am mm-hmm. and they, these these are my credits and this is it's like I know like it's like, like shut up and so we never want to be those people but yes. like you kind of have to talk about yourself in order to get a leg up so yeah you do it's hard it's, it's a hard. hard balance to be able to do it and that's why also I find like if people are like oh sh- she's kind of bragging you know like mm-hmm. oh like Abba's kind of wow like she's really posting mm-hmm. about this a lot I'm like mm-hmm you quiet your fucking face because that's yeah. really exciting. And also if she's not going to advocate for herself, who the fuck is? So yeah, we exactly. do have to post about ourselves online. We do have to tell people, especially during COVID when I'm not, I can't go to comedy bar yeah. or bad dog theater and mention, and it just come up randomly and then someone else hears and then they hire me. I have exactly. to fucking post about it. And, and I feel like that's the thing. That's the thing where people will be like, oh, this person's talking about this a lot. And if they weren't, they wouldn't get any other opportunities. So why not talk about that thing a lot? Like we're all working in the same industry. We all know how this works. You're telling me that if you had something that was worth talking about, you wouldn't talk about it online. It's so funny. It's it's really interesting because like working at 22 and like acquiring like the friends that I have, everyone's Mm -hmm. been so positive and so sweet and so kind and encouraging. And, you know, like um, I, I was featured in the Maritime Edit, which was so... I thought they were gonna write a tiny little article for me. They gave me like two pages. I was truly shaking. <laughs> like it was crazy. I was really happy about that. And I saw that like Aisha Brown and Adam Christie went and bought a copy of it. And they oh, sent I just me a got picture. Chills. Oh, that's really and nice. they sent me a picture of them smiling with it. And I was like, well, who am I to ever not fucking brag about myself? The people who I've looked up to and truly wanted to work with ever since I started doing comedy are proud of me why the fuck would I not be proud of myself and everyone says shit like this until you move to the U.S. (laughs) oh and then you get a fucking t-shirt with your face on it and you say like ABBA for president and you have no shame a hundred percent oh a hundred percent like then you go to the states and they're like wait why haven't you talked about yourself it's been like three minutes I don't understand why you're not in the states everyone is talking about exactly Mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. is that drive yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and I think like a happy again a balance like I think a happy Mm -hmm. balance could be found there but Mm -hmm. definitely it's like we we got to be able to like promote ourselves a bit more and a lot of the time because a lot of the time like if you're saying oh I'm awesome actually I'm just great like it's Mm -hmm. to protect the other person's ego but if they can't hold space for your success then they they're probably not going to be in your life for very long anyway so it's like What's the point? I don't need to make you feel Thank comfortable you. with me feeling good. Because if you're not comfortable with it, then like, I'm not going to be around then, you anyway. And exactly. You don't deserve to be a part of my friend group. And it's very yeah. much a thing where like, when I see people doing well, I'm like, yes. Oh my yeah. God. I like, there, there are so few people where I see them posting something about a success that they've had. And I'm like, ew. Like if I'm saying ill to success, somebody's posted on their fucking Twitter or Instagram yeah. means that they're not my friend. And I'm not that person where I check up on people that I don't like. If I don't like you, I don't know what you're up to. I don't want to see you. I want to pretend that you're dead in my head, Yeah, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so it just feels that people are really like pocket watching like that, where they're like, Oh, like, I don't like that this person's talking about it. It's like, worry about you, boo. If you were worried yes. about yourself and working, honey, you wouldn't need to worry about what I'm doing. Absolutely. Here, you know, you would be posting about the thing that you probably got because you were exactly. For it. It's exactly. Not, okay. You know how we're like, we don't want to be those people. I don't want to yeah. be one of those people right now, but like, I did watch like 
three quarters of Brene Brown's whatever thing on Netflix. (laughs) And I'm about to reference Brene. Is it Brene? What the fuck is her name? Is it? I've only ever seen it written. Brene. I think it's Brene. Is it? I don't know. Is it just Renee? Is it Brene? It's, I swear it's Brene. I think it's Brene. It's Brene. It ha- it's me Brene. See. Okay. It okay. Brene. But I really love alliterations and I'm wondering whether I'm imposing yes, that Brene. onto her. Yeah. Okay. It's Brene. Yeah, it's Brene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll cut it all out. Just kidding. Okay. So I watched like 75% and then I don't know, mm. I got hungry or something. It was still good, but mm-hmm. she was mentioned. I just keep thinking of this. She was mentioning in it, like people would, you know, whatever people would troll her online and throw a bunch mm-hmm. of shit at her, blah, 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 blah. And she kind of decided like, if you're not in the ring, like, if, like I'm trying to do the thing, I'm being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I'm opening myself up to critique. I'm doing all these things. So if mm-hmm. you're not also doing that, like, I'm just not going to listen to critique by you. So yeah. it's like if, I, if you're talking about a success where you get cast on a show and you're working your ass off and you're doing amazing, you're getting like completely yeah. like valid and deserved respect and, and admiration mm-hmm. back if someone else is not working really hard and working towards their goals, like they don't get to say anything. Exactly. And it's, it's also a thing where like, how stupid, like, is it to be like, oh, I've done all these amazing things, but Mm -hmm. I'm never, ever going to talk about them. That literally does not make any sense. Why work so hard to get to the positions that we've gotten to, to not ever talk about them. That's incredibly stupid and a waste of time, energy, and money. (laughs) It's only, yeah. Yeah. It's only (laughs) jealous people and weird people who say shit like that. Like that's really insane. I've never said anything about that, About I've never looked at anyone and been like, they got that. Cause again, I don't keep up with people I don't like or support. So. No. I just get excited when someone gets something. I'm like, oh my God, they're a good person and they're talented and they got an opportunity. Thank you. Yes. And then you buy Prosecco. Yes. But we have to buy Prosecco for ourselves too. I guess that's, exactly. the, I think, what? I guess that's the thing. Well, you do, <laughs> but I mean, for career yeah. things too, oh. you have to like publicly buy Prosecco. <laughs> Listen, this entire year I've been buying Prosecco for myself and my best friend, like Truly, she's been like succeeding and like achieving every goal she set out to achieve. And I, and we've just been, I think it was like the last time we ordered food or something, we were sitting together we lived together. And I was like, we've bought Prosecco, we've popped Prosecco like more times in this house that we've lived in for only a few months than we've ever, you know, like pop champagne or Prosecco at like our apartment that we lived at for two years. So you two yeah. are like too successful for your livers. You know, you're like, oh, wait, please, please don't give me another yeah, opportunity. Like, like I need, a I need break. a transplant. Yeah. My glucose is high. My liver Hi. is aching. I'm so dehydrated. Oh my God. My best friend got another fucking job. Hold on. Right. Hold on. I had to pop another bottle. Yeah. That's so that, you know what? I think that's yeah. even just sometimes like it's a Tuesday. Let's yes. open a bottle of Prosecco. Oh my God. You get the cheap bottle. You get the Bambino. You get the Bambino. Yes. You know, there's like a strawberry or something Bambino. I never used to buy that one. I just bought like the original, like the original. The original. Whatever. Yes. Like the original <laughs> yeah. flavor. But I see a yeah, pink yeah. one now sometimes and I, there I think is. about it. Yeah. Last time I went, I got, I got, uh, I got a Prosecco. It was, mm-hmm. it was like a, a nicer one, but I was, I was like perusing the aisle cause they didn't have a, a, a lot of, um, selection in the LCBO I was in, but I noticed the pink one. I was like, what's all, what's that all about? Like, it's very I cute. Try, it's very like cute. Fancy. Yeah, yeah. It's for the, the broke girl, something for the broke like, girls. In the all summer. right. <laughs> but part of me is like, no, no, I'm a loyal, like I'm a loyal yes. customer to the Bambino. Yes. So yes. I just, yes. but I think I will, you know what? The next time 
mm-hmm. that I like want to celebrate myself with something, I think I'm going to buy the pink Bambino and just try yeah, it. Yeah, do it. Yeah, see what it's see. all about. I'll put I on pink lipstick it. and I'll have oh. the pink Bambino. I wonder if it comes out pink. I hope it does. Like that would be kind of cute. I hope so. I yeah. hope so. Cause it, it is a cute, I, that's why I love a rosé. I like, oh. I just love the, I love the way it looks. I know. So I had sweet. like the best, it's from this winery. Mm-hmm. I literally don't even know the town. It's like fairy-ish. I'm not sure. It's called Holland Marsh Wineries. And I went there once a while ago Mm -hmm. for a birthday. Anyway, and I was just like, sure. Like everyone was buying a bottle and I thought I should. Yeah. And honestly, I was worried because I was like, oh my God, like where's the Bambino prices? Like that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. prices weren't there. And I was nervous. But yeah. it was very affordable, the best rose mm. I've ever had in my life. And oh they, my God. I know. So you know what I should do next time? Yeah. In three years when I'm up in Barry, I should <laughs> yeah. buy a couple bottles and then do just it. bring them down. Do it. And then I can have them with friends when like because it's hard. I don't have a car. People yeah. don't have cars. No, Maybe. who has a car anymore? I haven't, no. I, 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 I'm not going to even learn how to drive. It's not happening. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I'm too old at this point. I mean, it's weird if I learn how to drive now. <laughs> did you, wait, did you ever get like, did you ever get your license? Like your got, G1 I, or anything? I got my G1 and okay. I was a bad driver then. Um, <laughs> I, and I would drive to the mall. What's the statute of limitations on this? I don't know. I would, <laughs> I would drive to the mall illegally all the time. <laughs> Listen, we'll, we'll Google it and we'll cut it out. (laughs) Like I truly would be like driving to Bramley city center (laughs) with a G1. You're like, it's fine. G1. I was like, it's It's okay. No one's pulling me over. I'm 14. No, No, I was not 14. I was 14. (laughs) You know, I used to date this guy who, and Mm. this was before. Oh my God. He didn't have a license. Did he? (gasps) I think we were too young. (laughs) You know, when you feel older, you know how you're like, you feel like you're 85. I always yes. felt, I always felt like I was like a 35 year old woman. Like when I was a child, yes. I somehow my computer saved like all these old MSN messages between me in like grade eight. And the shit yes. that I was saying was like, I was trying to be a marriage counselor between me and my like 13 year old <laughs> partner at the time. And it's like, what yeah. the fuck am I doing? But he used to drive his mom's car. I never drove with him, mm-hmm. but I was in grade nine and he was in grade 10. I don't think you're old enough to drive in grade 10. No, you're like 15 okay, in grade 10. Yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. I mean, he also, I don't think he was worried. He dealt drugs. Like, I don't think he was worried about the <laughs> law necessarily. I think driving, like it just was more, he needed yeah. to, de- he needed deliveries. So anyway, yes. he would drive uh, his mom's car. And he told me one day that mm-hmm. he drove like, uh, I haven't driven a car in so long. Whatever side is the gas. Like, mm-hmm. let's say it's the right side. I yeah. do know how to drive, but like, the right I think it's side. the right side, right? Okay. I think so. Brene Brown yeah. says it's the right side. <laughs> <laughs> it's the right and side. He would use his right and his left foot, like on either pedals, like kind of like if you're kicking your feet and you're swimming. No! And even at that age, I knew that was wrong. Yeah. I was like, oh, I've always known that for some reason, I've always is- known that that's really bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. not, that's the one I can't drive for shit. And I will kill you if you ever enter a car with me, but that's the one thing I know, honey. You do not use both feet. <laughs> you got that answer right on the test. You're like, That's I, the I only know this. Answer I got right. You like flip through the little booklet and you're like, let me just find that, that question. So I can yeah. fucking ace it, hand it in. I'm done. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I immediately. And then it's funny though. Cause in that moment I thought, well, maybe like, this is a new thing that he's discovered. Mm-hmm. Like I'm realizing I'm very, yeah. And I'm like, no, no little girl. Like, <laughs> no, that's wrong. That's so fucked up. Don't you don't need to trust him. Anyway. Oh my God. Yeah dated him for much too long. I don't know the why. A lot of times. Yeah. I mean, we all, we've all been there dating somebody Ugh. for way too long. It's happened. It's a safety thing. Like, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a guilt Comfort, thing. It's a totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, 
well, I've dealt with it this long. Like I can uh, yeah. put up with it. It's, it's like, what else is out there? Yeah. yeah. It's bad. bad thinking. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Now, if I meet like little girls or boys or any little children, I'm like, being alone is better than being with a <laughs> shitty person. Like, you're a great companion. Right? I'm like, yeah. let me pull up the st- statistics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me show you this spreadsheet that I made exactly. for you in great little colors. As somebody who loves pop culture, loves music, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, yes. um, you've essentially turned your loves, like, like definitely comedy, writing, acting, those things as well. Um, well, those things like predominantly, <laughs> but I just mean, you've taken like your love for pop culture and for music and you've turned it into your career, like with your podcast, yeah. Nostalgia. <laughs> I've listened to like every episode I've had, I've had this much Prosecco. What is wrong with all my words? My Brene Brown. Truly nostalgic is such a nonsense ass name. And it is just nostalgic in French, French, but the fact well, that yeah. we expect people to say it with the accent <laughs> is really like, it's, it's rude. <laughs> It's spelled, it's spelled exactly how it's it's basically yeah. like the prosecco of nostalgia it, it, yes yes exactly nostalgic like yes. i can say it prosecco okay <laughs> um turn this like love of pop culture you've essentially turned it into your career which is like seemingly the dream when you're growing up you know yeah. like so fucking cool and i guess i'm wondering like once you become somebody who now people know like oh abba knows pop culture like listen to her podcast like <laughs> she knows about it do you feel know. any sort of like expectation? Like what pressure is there for you to like keep up and know everything that's going on in pop culture with 22 minutes and your podcast, like everything? Yes. It was very much this thing where growing up, I, I was a huge fan of like, you know, I'd I'd run to the convenience store and get mm. J14 magazine. And yes, yes and the Love. convenience store clerk would, he would ensure that like, um, there was always one left for me. Like if I didn't come and buy it yet, like he'd make sure, even if it was months, months had passed, he'd always have like a stack of the, the, um, issues that had like come and gone for me. Oh my um, God. Is he an angel? I was, is he dead? And he's actually truly, like a guardian angel. Oh my God. Right. Like he was, he was the kind of convenience store owner that like you see on TV shows where he knew all the kids in the neighborhood like we'd come in and if we have like five dollars short he'd be like it's okay like he was oh. a darling he doesn't work there anymore and it's no longer mm. a hasty market but mm. but that's that's where I would go and buy my magazines and it was always this thing where like I always wanted to be up on pop culture because I was like I don't have any fucking money my family's broke like I look like shit all the time <laughs> I can live vicariously through these people so I, I gained mm. a love for pop culture through that and with doing nostalgic it's so funny because like everyone assumes that we know everything about the pop stars or like pop culture in general and we know so little we know <laughs> so little a lot of it is just us like straight up lying like we're just lying we'll You're, say anything you about celebrities fake, you and Ben <laughs> fake it so and Aiden but like you all fake it so I'm listening to it thinking like oh, this because and obviously love the podcast and I'm like wow, this is, this is quite a bit of work for them. Like this is a lot of research for them to do every single episode. Well, one thing is like, I'm, I, we, we're not, I shouldn't say that we're lying. We're not necessarily lying, (laughs) but like we, we don't always know all the information. So we Mm. infer a lot of stuff and we like come up with theories. Mm. Um, and it's a thing where like, we'll do a little bit of research, but like, we'll look through Wikipedia and like discogs or whatever. But we found that the, the podcast always works best when, the guest is the most knowledgeable and we are mm. 
the ones like learning from them and kind of like coloring this conversation with like our own experiences of things that were going on when this going on for us when you know the song came out or when the artist was popular but it's a thing where like I always wanted to be up on pop culture because representation was a huge thing for me because I um I was I was I'm the oldest kid so Mm -hmm. I didn't have anyone really to show me what was cool and all my cousins were younger than me so <laughs> I used to be the really one like, the is this cool? Like, <laughs> and a lot of the time it wasn't. They're like, this cool? No. <laughs> Wearing a pleated skirt, is this cool? <laughs> Where would you get like the ideas for like a pleated skirt? Would it be from J14? Yes. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. Uh, see, after I, I I stopped reading J14, it was like Nylon and um, um, oh, yeah. uh, Cosmo and then eventually like Elle and really good like fashion magazines that talked about like culture and stuff like that Mm. because I was never fucking good at science I'll never be good at math and I do not give a shit as soon as I was we were allowed to drop those courses I dropped them like a a knife and I was a murderer (laughs) like I I truly did not ever want to think about the solar system or fucking uh uh, parabolas ever again so I I knew Uh. because I had so much knowledge about culture and like and all culture plays into media and like Mm -hmm. um music and drama and like um English classes so those were the classes I ended up taking and like Mm. I was like I guess my life is going to take the path of this writing about things that I like I think that's like that's quite wise for a kid to follow what they genuinely like rather Mm. than try I think it could also be like natural for a kid to think well I'm supposed to like this or I'm or I just I like you know rather than being like I don't like math I like English Mm-hmm. So duh, I'm going to take English. I think that's like pretty mm-hmm. wise of you at that age to follow. You were already following the fun essentially and being <laughs> yeah, true to yourself following already. Following the fun. That's yeah. a really good way to put it. Following the fun. I, I, I think my parents put a lot of pressure on me to be serious. Like mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, parents, like they just want their kids to um, have security because that's one thing that they didn't grow up with. My parents didn't grow up with that. That's, that's a lie. They did grow up with that, but by the time, they were adults and thinking about having families like mm. the state of the world wasn't in the best place so they're like let's move to North America mm. so you move to North America and it's like you're making all these sacrifices your kid better be fucking successful <laughs> like you know like you want it, it all comes from like this need for your family to be okay so there was this intense pressure to ensure that like if I wasn't going to be like a scientist or like a lawyer, at least like something mm. with prestige, like my dad was really looking forward to me being a journalist, like, pers- mm. like, you know, like maybe a, a reporter, he really was like holding on to the hope of me, like being on CP24 or something. And I did like, I did do the morning news and it was video recorded at our school, Oh shit! but, <laughs> but I just, I didn't think that was fun. Like I, mm. I had been pressured to do so much shit that was not fun that I was like, I'm only going to have fun from here on out. Like I, Mm. I'm not paying money to, and I think one thing I've always been aware of is that your parents die one day. Like when your parents eventually pass away, like the life that you're living is a life that they created Mm. after all of that. So you might as well just live your life for yourself. Okay. So again, like, so already so young, you, you sort of like valuing your experience, your beliefs, like your feelings, your thoughts. And it's hard even at that age, I think, to separate it from your parents. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you just sort of adopt like, well, what my parent, what my mom wants must be right because, yes. you know, all these things. Yes. So where do you think that comes from? Or like, 
how do you think you were able to sort of just think like, I know my parents want mm-hmm. this, but I don't find it fun. And I want to be happy, you know, like, how did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was incredibly stubborn. Mm. I, I, I was always like a stubborn kid, but I was also like a really like a good teenager. Like, I mean, I did some shit that was not good. Like my parents <laughs> will never know, but like <laughs> uh, for the most part, like I was as good as a kid that you could hope for. Cause I was a total dork. Um, so I wasn't really getting into real bad trouble, but it was a thing where I guess knowing that at school, like people saw certain things in me, like, oh, this is actually conducive to, to a career in this field really opened up the gates for me. But it was also a thing where being on like uh, social media and seeing that people were like making careers out of, and, and not only making careers, but making um, culture out of just being aware of what was happening around them and having fun and going out and being in the city. And that all became attractive to me because like, I I didn't live in the city, I lived in the suburbs. So it was like, I was always, always chasing like life. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I was always chasing like, you know, I always wanted to be somewhere where things were constantly happening because I was so bored, so, so mm-hmm. bored at home. And I just, I wanted to, um, I wanted to be a part of a scene and there was no way to be a part of a scene in Brampton. So <laughs> unless you want to be, uh, you want to like, you know, race cars, Walmart, yeah, race Walmart, cars. steal from Walmart, but you didn't you know? have a driver's license. You could start exactly. a scene, but it'd probably just be you with all your little tiny cousins. It's like, exactly. That sound fun. So like no. once you got to the city, mm-hmm. did it live up to the expectations? A million percent. A million Did it percent. Really? A that million makes percent. me so happy for Toronto. Like, I'm just happy for it. That's great. Oh my God, Amanda, so much. And now I look back and I'm like, I wish the city was like that now because when I was, you know, like coming into Toronto for like a few hours at a time to like do um, a class, like an acting class or on a school field trip, it felt so like, um, it felt like everything, like I was so small. Like I was like, I was, um, I'm not like anything could happen. I'm just one person in this huge city. <laughs> Whereas in Brampton, everyone knew it, it just didn't feel like it, nothing felt different, but um, there weren't as, as many condos in Toronto in 2013. Um, and on top of that, the music venues that existed were still around. So like I'd be, you know, walking down Queen street and looking at all these stores and restaurants that don't exist anymore and being like, mm. man, I can't wait. This is the thing. I always wanted to be 30, flirty and thriving. <laughs> I always Did you watch to be... sex in the city when you were growing oh up? My is God. that like a thing? No, it's, it's from, um, 13 going on 30 with Mark Ruffalo and oh my God. And Jennifer Garner, and Jennifer Garner. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. the girl who's 13 is like all over TikTok all, all the over. Time. T- she's so popular. All she's so the famous. Time. She's so popular. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I wanted that. I was like, I mm. want an established life where everything is about <laughs> like the little luxuries and little like aesthetics and like the little things that like make life feel fun. Yeah. yeah. Feel fancy or feel, feel like fancy. wearing a bathrobe and lighting a scented candle. Exactly. Even if yeah. it's $15 and the scented yeah. candles from dollar store, like as long something that felt luxurious, but for me, not for mm. anyone else. And I didn't have that. Um, I didn't have that luxury in like, you know, growing up mm-hmm. um, through no one's fault, of, but like of you know, capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> Not my parents. I was fault, like, just. but, and I'm like, Ooh, who's at fault? Yes. That is capitalism. who's at fault. All <laughs> yeah. this fucking capital. What are, what are some things that do make you feel 
luxurious now other than Prosecco, I guess. Like what are some like luxurious indulgences for you? Truly the same things. Like honestly, what putting on a robe, having yeah. a face mask on and just like yes. sipping on wine or like, you know, smoking a little bit of weed or like taking yeah. a little edible and just like really just being able to like, I, I love just taking my time to do things. Mm. Like I think the, the apex of luxury is like waking up like at 10 AM and like (laughs) reading an article and like having a croissant and like a coffee. I think for me, luxury things that I really indulge in these days are just like, um, there, there isn't much to indulge in. So I, I think I just like buy a lot of robes and lounge around (laughs) and drink Prosecco and eat croissants. (laughs) Truly. That is all I'm doing. Oh, and I order a lot from, I, I order a lot from, um, Vit, Vit Bio. I order like once, twice a week from there. Okay. Um, I don't know what that Bloor. is. It's on Bloor. It's a Vietnamese restaurant mm. and it's really cool. They have this really good dish called PBK and I mm. always order that. <laughs> but those are like, that's my luxury. Like those are my little luxuries. I yeah. love that. I think it totally, like, actually it's funny because I, I dream of having like a really, um, a bathrobe that feels yes. amazing yes. and I haven't quite found one yet. Like I want one. I don't want one. That's like fleece because if I'm wet, I want it to absorb the water. Exactly. You know, but exactly. it's gotta be soft that it feels yes. like I'm being hugged like a little pillow. Yes. Yeah. I haven't found Yo, one yet. Those robes are suit. Okay. So I was, I was yeah. doing my research cause I wanted to buy my mom one for um, her, either her birthday or Christmas. Um, my family's really weird where my parents, both their birthdays, their anniversary, and like all the holidays fall within December and January for our family. So <laughs> I spend like so much money on them. But you I just was... go, yeah. You tell your friends you're like November 30th or whatever. I don't know how many days are in November. Yeah. Who cares? You're like, I will see you in, like I'm giving my 60 days notice. I will exactly. see you in 60 days. I'm out. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what it is for yeah, me. Fair. And, and it was very much, it's, it was this thing where I was like, I, I finally have a little bit of money to spend on my mm. mom. And I was looking for like a nice, like uh, not even fleece, but like a, a terry cloth type yes. of like chunky yeah, robe. Like a, yes. Yeah, a like a one. nice one. $400. Okay. What? $400. $400? And I was like, this is my only, only my first stint at 22 minutes. I was only <laughs> yeah. there for four Wait. weeks. <laughs> yeah, I don't for, have it. <laughs> give me a couple seasons and then we'll get, but $400 yeah. for like, $400. and I totally believe you because I remember on Real Housewives, I'm talking about robes yes. and being like, no, this is a stupid one, but it was a very nice hotel. They were like complaining. Yeah. I think it was New York. They were like complaining oh, about the ho- or something. Yeah. Luann or someone. You know what I mean? Classic. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fit, but so I believe you. And I'm thinking like, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like that's it, stupid that it would be that much for a bathrobe. And then you look at the tag, and it's not even a thing where it was handmade in the US or Canada. Like it was, or like fucking Sweden. It was made in like Taiwan by children or like mothers who were like struggling to take care of their families. Who got four like, cents and then got they four cents. to $400. Yeah. Cause if you're paying that much for something that was made well by like people who got paid well, that's mm-hmm. an item you'll have forever. You're probably, mm-hmm. you'll probably never, ever need to buy a robe like that again, but yeah, I feel like things like that don't really exist anymore. No, yeah. you know, I'm thinking I have a friend who, um, who's a very good seams mm. seamster. <laughs> he sews very well. Nice. Uh, I'm like, maybe if, maybe if I bought like some really nice fabric and I paid oh. him, maybe he could make us some robes. That's a good idea. And it probably wouldn't be too hard. Cause it's just ropes. Like, just it's not rope. like you don't need proper. No, like, I need like a lapel or whatever the fuck yeah. that's called. And like, if it had a string, great. Oh, oh, this is per. You I'm know? dreaming about it already. So maybe we 
could get some robes made. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm so luxurious. And like, if we buy just the basic fabric, like it's not that expensive. expensive. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. The moment, okay. the moment a company puts their fucking logo on it, it's like right. a million dollars. Then it's a million dollars. Yeah. If we're buying the fabric alone, oh my God, it can't be too expensive. No. Right? And it wouldn't have a pattern on it. It would be like a terry cloth, like just a chunky fat. Oh my God. No, a it? square. And then give yes. me like some sleeves. And also the sleeves can be big. Like I'm not looking for big. tight sleeves. I want big I, I want big. I want to pull it over and me feel like, oh, am I drowning? Yes. Like I yes. want to be falling into it. <laughs> I want someone to put a life jacket on me in my robe. Like <laughs> exactly. I, oh, that's luxurious. Yes. Yeah. That's I totally feel me. that. Yeah. 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 That and like oh. lighting a candle. Like <laughs> I think that like a lighting candle. a candle is luxury. <laughs> it is. Okay. Do you know what I bought um, off of buy? Amazon? Again, fucking awful companies. My friend had it. It's a USB lighter. So then it, you never have to refill it and you can turn oh it on and off. God. It looks like a little taser. Which is scary, but it's, but I feel very and luxurious. It, I didn't using know it. that these things existed. Yes. Okay. I'm going to send you the link because it's oh my God. Also, well, I mean, for me, I'm like, I won't buy it unless it's like less than $10. Like I want, yes. but it's so great and it's rechargeable. So I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm doing a little That's bit. Perfect. I mean, I ordered and it came in a big fucking box. Yeah, so I'm not yeah, really yeah, helping yeah. the earth, but eventually maybe it'll help. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. I have like 90 lighters that are just strewn across my house. So. Well, yeah, because if but I, yeah. if there's a candle, I need a lighter, but exactly. then if it goes out, it hurts my thumb so bad to keep it's so annoying. Oh my God. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. That's the one thing about, I already have such poor dexterity and really like <laughs> just the really way like, you were doing moving your you're like moving your fingers already I, yeah <laughs> my hands just don't do the things they're supposed to do when I want them to do them so it, it's already such a cumbersome task for me so yeah. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this oh is a God. luxury oh my gosh okay so robes we're basically upgrading all of our luxury yes strawberry then- bambino this taser lighter mm-hmm ropes yes i love it we'll just keep doing, thinking of stuff okay we'll, we'll make a list yeah <laughs> oh my god list. and then we'll post and be like we'll just be super self-indulgent about it with no shame <laughs> yes no and shame at all a big middle finger as the caption and everyone could just a big middle finger and like a bag of money goodbye <laughs> and everyone could just fuck <laughs> off and be happy for us <laughs> But we I'm have to happy. We have to reiterate that the bag of money is us flaunting our money and not us being like, oh, we're gonna give you some. Yeah, yeah 100%, 100%. <laughs> I was picturing it as being in the caption, the middle finger and the bag of money, but I like it better that we have it. And it says like, a bag of money in the picture. What am I fucking Yosemite yeah. Sam? Like, <laughs> like a bag of money. Yeah. You know what? We're going to get messages from like our true friends saying yeah. like, are you okay? Like are this you is okay? so, like I know, like we want to celebrate your victories, but we're confused about what this is. Yeah. And are you, did someone steal you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, you know, I'm curious because here mm. I am like depicting um, like a victory photo <laughs> uh, and it doesn't have great uh, morals in it, but like what nope. would be, <laughs> I was picturing just the caption of money bag, but like we yeah. could hold a money bag. Um, I'll just hold a money bag. Hey, have you heard? The Liquid Courage podcast is now on Patreon. Patreon is a subscription-based platform that allows you to support your favorite artists while receiving fun, exclusive perks for doing so. Head over to liquidcourage.com to find out more, or go directly to the podcast Patreon page at patreon.com slash liquidcouragepodcast. See you there. This is another thing I'm always confused about. So I love asking like other people who I'm like, you're thriving. 
I'm trying to figure things out. Can I pick your wisdom a little bit? Pick your brain. So Mm -hmm. this is a big one, but like, what does success look like to you now? And like, Mm. how has that changed in the last year of what success, what the concept of success is to you, what it means? I think that like, you know, last year, if you had asked me, I'd be like, success is just like having constant income, like a steady stream of income. But I think that's just like my mind retreating into just thinking about like the basic needs that I have to achieve for myself. But now that it's like that basic need has been like achieved as far as I can see, it is like, I think success is just being able to work as much as I want to, when I want to work on what I want to with who I want to and genuinely producing work that feels like I gave it my all. Like, I don't want to produce like half-assed work. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like when I'm producing half-assed work, it means that I don't want to be there anymore. It's my time to go. So I think, yeah, that's success. Just truly being able to work, pay my bills, take care of my friends and family, but also like hold some sort of merit. Like I never want to be the, um, I never want to be the Howie Mandel of the comedy community. Like I never, Wait, I never. In what way? In what way? I'm like, this could be a few different ways. Like just have, this. have so much money in like a mansion. And I'm like, yeah. you know, like I, I never want to be that kind of person. Like I, I just, I always want to, I, I want to work when I want to, and just not be consumed by like fame and living in the U S so much so that I try and make it that Canadian comedians can't stream their fucking (laughs) albums on my radio station. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like instead of chasing after something, like having the power, having the choice, like being in the driver's seat of your life rather than just sort of being passive or like chasing something. Exactly. And it's also very much this thing where like, I mean, obviously like I, I very much have these concrete goals that I want to meet, but like those goals move all the time. And like, I like people don't stay the same, like truly in three months, I could decide that I want to be a fucking farmer. I don't know. <laughs> things change all the time. So you can come on Stardew Valley and be a farmer anytime you exactly. want. Please. I'm farming a lot of cauliflower right now. I don't know what the fuck um, I'm doing. That's gorgeous. We can make buffalo cauliflower. Um, oh my God. I yes. haven't had buffalo cauliflower in so long. Amanda, I had some of the best buffalo cauliflower I've ever had in Halifax truly I wasn't going to order it but Nadine who is the cast member that I was on at we were on at the same time with each other um she she was like let's get some and I was like you're insane and we got some and it was phenomenal (laughs) wait was that the first time that you'd ever had it I think it was the first time I'd ever had buffalo Mm. cauliflower it was so good read it to perfection so good yes so good yeah that's the thing like when it's crispy when it's done right, it's Ooh, so when it's done right, good. I get it. I'm like vegans. Oh, you did something here. You did something. You did some, but you when did it's something. done wrong, I'm like, mm, 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 mm. well, no, then it's soggy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why did you weird, put why gummy. did you put chicken wing sauce on a vegetable? Like I thank you. Yeah. Then thank it you. doesn't make sense and it's stupid. But when they do exactly. it right, it's like, wow, I'm wrong. Like I'm exactly. willing to say I I'm was wrong. always wrong. Yeah, I was yeah, always yeah. wrong. And you on everything. <laughs> this whole and time. you were right. And thank you for waiting for me. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for being patient with me and catching up with you and your brilliance. Thank you so much. Buffalo cauliflower. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, I want some. My mom actually. So I've been uh, streaming on Twitch with a friend of mine Mm -hmm. and my mom. So lovely. She watches every, every week. So lovely. And we were posting about um, the vegan restaurant, Sweet Po, which I've never tried (gasps) yet. 
my God, my darling, darling Rob. Yes. So we were, I was talking about it on Twitch just because like they were lovely and advocating mm. for their, their customers, future customers themselves. Yes. And then people were fucking assholes attacking them, being yeah. completely idiots. So I was talking about it on Twitch. And then my mom buys oh. a gift card and emails me a gift card to sweet because she doesn't live in the city. So she can't order. So, so and I'm, I just got it today and I'm like thinking, oh my God, did they have the, like, I'm so yes. excited to order yeah. from them, but I'm waiting. Cause I, again, yes. I'm going to be indulgent. I'm waiting for the weekend. I'm like, I'm going to have some oh. wine, some sweet pole. Yes. Yes, yes. I'm yes. very excited. That yeah. is so nice. You know what? I don't think, yeah. I don't think I'm in their delivery range. I don't think I am either. Yeah. I might have, I have to, like, to go down. Go like there. I have yeah. to, I have to just go to Rob's house. I'm going to go to Rob's house. and just ask him to cook. <laughs> like, could you just put this on your porch? I'll be there in like exactly. an hour. In yeah. an hour no, I think I'm going to have to go there too. I don't think yeah. I'm in their delivery range either. Um, mm. yeah, I did say delivered and I, yeah, I don't think yeah. I am in their delivery range. Also, I'm kind yeah. of like, well, maybe I'd rather like, I think it helps them more if I spend the yeah. money on the food versus on exactly. the delivery. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I'd rather use it that way anyway, yeah, but I'm so yeah. excited to try it. I, I know. I know. Yeah. It's so cool knowing a friend that has that like has a restaurant, like sells food. Like that's crazy. It is cool. I know. It's like, yeah. wow, what a big dream. What a big like challenge and what yes. like, an awesome fucking victory. Yeah. Rob is it's very so ambitious cool. and I'm, I'm not surprised that he of all people is the one that did it. Like <laughs> if anyone's going to have a restaurant, it's him. It's going to yeah. be Rob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a darling, darling. Um, okay. Speaking of friends, you know mm-hmm. what? We've been on this weird, like Prosecco kind of like witchy vibe together because yes. we keep running into things that I actually want to ask you about next. So it really works. I know nice. it's a little good, like juju. I don't know. I love it. Um, yeah. Okay. So speaking of friends, so you were on shredded Brendan yes. Souza's podcast. <laughs> Fucking love. <It> was, yeah. <laughs> um, love, 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 love. Yeah. And you two were talking about friendships mm-hmm. and you had mentioned red flags for friendships. And I thought this was so like, I was like, oh my God, Mm-hmm. Ring the alarm. Mm-hmm. What song is that? Oh, ring the alarm. Oh, I'm going to do this live. And I'll be damned if I say, okay, okay. I was like, what? I know that song and it's calling to me. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you were talking about <laughs> with friendships, like that trauma bonding can be like yes. quite dangerous and it can also mm-hmm. be kind of disguised as like a healthy bonding and mm-hmm. codependence and all this stuff. I'm like, oh my God, th- these are my teen years. Like, yes. wow. I am wondering what are your friendship red flags for people where you're like, Whoa, mm. I, they want to be my friend. I don't want to be their friend because of this red flag. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So my red flags, like, I think the ones that stand out the most for me are like people who are like really pushy about wanting to be friends. People who are always like, Ooh. Oh, like, I think like grown, grown adults who are like, Oh my God, you're my best friend. It's like, I just met you. And they're like, I don't know. It's not even this thing like of, of, attraction like you sometimes you meet somebody and you talk to people and you're like I'm gonna be friends with that person Mm. and I'm the kind of person where like I all my relationships are very slow moving like Mm -hmm. every every relationship I've had is like an entire year of kind of just like sending each other memes and kind of (laughs) well we're hanging out at a bar sometimes and then like we fall into like a very nice pace of friendship because then it helps you figure out what the pace of friendship should be. But like a red flag for me is like people who really want to, you know, go all in right away. And they're telling me all these things about their lives. And that's very strange for me. Mm. Um, That's one red flag. Another red flag is like people who um, like brag a lot in friendships just are like, I'm doing this thing and you don't have that. Or I I'm with this person, you know, them. like Mm. people who are like that are really, I'm like, you don't have friends. You have 
clout that you have chased. Like that's not, you know, clout chasers, I think are weird. You can never really be friends with people like that. Um, And I, I think like the last red flag is just like people who are, there's always this kind of person that I'm, I, I really try to stay away from. It's like people who are um, always like a red flag. is like when I say something and then it changes the opinion of somebody else where I'm like, if I'm like, huh, I love um, steak. And, and they're like, oh my God, I love steak too. And then we start talking. And then maybe later on, if I say like, oh my God, and I, I love green tomatoes. And they're like, I love green tomatoes too. And then later on, if they say like, oh my God, I love red potatoes. And I go, I like yellow ones. They go, oh, never mind. I love red potatoes. I'm like, you're not a real person. Yeah. You're a fucking copycat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's too much pressure. Like yeah. you, you can't, you can't need my acceptance that like I need to know yes. who you are or I'm thank anxious you. like I thank can't, you people who don't have yeah. personalities they're just trying to mirror what you're doing I'm yeah like and I think that people naturally like everyone naturally kind of like composes themselves to like mm-hmm. the way that they think they think that the person they're talking to is orienting themselves but you still have your like personality at the foundation but I've talked to far too many people where like I've seen them like morph like before my eyes you know it's weird yeah and yeah. I think often like Often my heart goes out to that because I think it is like everyone is like trying to navigate interpersonal relationships with yes. people in order to gain connection or acceptance, yes. or all these things. Like, and a lot of the time it's these mm-hmm. habits that we've had since we were a kid that like mm-hmm. I'm air quoting, like worked for you as a yes. child, but you no longer need, but you're just, it's rooted in you. So it's yes these things, but absolutely. If I have a friend, especially if I, if I meet someone and they aren't going to like say no to me yes or they're going to agree with everything I say like if I ask your opinion I don't want you to say that's the best idea I've ever heard thank you because I'm like I can't trust you I need to know because then also when you're when you're nice and great and praising me it doesn't if I don't trust it either exactly exactly it's like you want to be friends with people where they you help each other grow like I never mm-hmm. want to be friends with somebody where I'm like I don't know who they truly are or like I feel like I'm constantly influencing them mm-hmm. it makes me want to like dip like I mm-hmm. I really take a back seat when I see that that's happening yeah I think a lot of it too is um needing to have like a healthy boundary for yourself mm-hmm. or like for my like I'll just speak for, my, for myself yes. and if I feel like that person those feel like signs like if that they are going to be a bit codependent or that they're going to need me more than I'm going to be able to give. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm going to feel trapped or it's going to be like, I, I can't be that for you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it gets yeah. so on, un- it, it can get very uncomfortable in a lot so of quick. Yeah. situations. And I often, yeah. I will walk around sometimes. Like I've caught myself worrying that I am being a red flag for somebody. Oh my God. No, never. No, 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 no. I think well, I, I think- might've been. <laughs> <laughs> How do you yes, know? But I absolutely, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> statistically, I probably was Abba, at one point or another. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, I feel like, I feel like when I notice like a red flag, it's not mm. like this thing where it's like, that person's dangerous. <laughs> like they're bad. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's yeah. like, no, we're just, they, they're going to do something that's going to tick me off later on. And yeah. I'm taking note of that now. Like mm-hmm. that person's probably going to be amazing friends with this other person. Cause mm-hmm. they, are they think that way together but for me no like you know, yeah. <laughs> no well and that's that's too like what you said when you like mm-hmm. allow your compass to be like clout like oh abba just yes. got on 22 minutes i want to be friends with her mm-hmm. when you're doing it like yeah. that where you're looking for it like that 
you're not going to be finding people that are actually your people. If you're going after it like energy or what they think is funny or often what I'm trying to do, I feel like I'm too late to the game with all these things. I'm like, I wish I figured this out when I was like 20, but Mm. now I'm trying to measure like how do I, how do I feel when I'm with that person? Do I feel yes. relaxed? Am I giggling? Yes. Cause we don't have to have the same interests. We don't have mm-hmm. like all these things, but mm-hmm. how do we feel? Do I feel drained after? Do I feel yes. like I didn't get to talk at all? Do I feel mm-hmm. like they weren't talking? Like, I think yeah. a lot of it can just be like, use your gut and how you feel with someone. And it doesn't mean you can't work with them or be acquaintances yes. or whatever, but you don't just be friends with people who make you feel great. <laughs> who make you feel great. And it's a yeah. thing where like walking away from any interaction I have with friends or like hangouts like that I have with friends these days. It's mm. like, I always walk away feeling so good. No complaints, like never, yeah. ever like, what do they mean by this thing? And, you know, if I ever have a feeling of like, what did they mean by this thing? Or like, uh, are they mad at me? I just ask, like, that's yeah. the marker of like a great relationship too. Like knowing oh my that God, you can, yeah. that's a, a green flag, a green flag. Yeah. Yeah. I think my closest friends are only people who I can um, ask, am I being too needy right now? And they'll say no. And I trust yeah. them. Exactly. <laughs> like I have exactly. to be able to ask you that or it won't work. Or it won't work. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just genuine. And just being, being able to like, finally, like fully be yourself with people, mm-hmm. I think yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. That's like the number one thing that I need from my adult relationships these days. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with thank me. You. Um, thank you. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And to finish off, I always do like, um, I have like a quick round of like, ra- I'm air- using so many air quotes tonight. How many times have I used air quotes? Like rapid fire questions, but I just mm-hmm. hate saying it. Cause I feel like it's, pu- it puts, pre- puts pressure. No, never. So, no, never, never. They're fine. They're always fun. Rapid. And like, <laughs> I mean, you do improv, mm-hmm. but also like rapid as fucking fast or slow as you want. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> who is Abba? Who is someone that you really want to collaborate with that you haven't gotten to yet? Um, oh, this is hard. <laughs> My mind immediately went to Issa Rae. That's so okay. insane. <laughs> no, you have to put it out there. I have a lot of crystals here right now, Abba. So we are putting insane. it out there. It's happening. Oh, that's really, that's very, very funny. But yeah, I guess it's happening. <laughs> That'll be your caption in your robe photo. It's like, guess who I'm working with next. It's very sweet. Thank you for projecting that. <laughs> it's happening. I'm pushing it out there. It's happening. I truly um, love that. <laughs> um, okay. What show or like TV show or movie that's current, that's currently on, like that's a mm. current. Are you like, oh, I was made to be in that. Like I should have been in that. Mm. not in like a competitive way, but like a connection. Yes. Like, Oh it's my like, God. I, I love this so much. I want yes. to be on it. Like, Oh, oh my God. gosh, I'm perfect for this. I love this. This speaks to my soul. New girl. That oh, show is so, girl. it's, it's such an old show. And I truly, but it was a thing where when I was watching it as a teenager, just being like, this is the kind of show I want to be on. Just so fun and dumb. And like, they're improvising half the time, half the script are improvising. Like that was the kind of show I wanted to be on. Absolutely. Yeah. I, that's one of the shows, like before I go to bed, I always want like a really good feel good show. Yeah. That's like funny. And I love the people. And I, I've rewatched all seasons of new girl, like yes. so many times. It's such a feel good show. It and is. the cast has such a great chemistry all together. Yes. yes yeah. Yes, was there do. like one character that you're like, did you want to be like an additional friend or was there like a character that you would have wanted to play? I wanted to be the Zoe Deschanel so I could end, yeah. so I could hook up with, <laughs> with Nick. <laughs> I was like, oh, who's, who's she going to say? Okay. Yeah. I love Nick so much. I feel yeah. that he yeah. was just, I just watched a movie 
mm-hmm. a more a recent movie that he was in. What the hell was he in? It's funny. I think he has like he has nailed that character. Yes. And I've seen him in a few other things where they've it's like that exact He's just character. playing that character. Yeah. yeah, totally. Like I think they just wrote it exactly for he <laughs> nails it. He's so good at it. He's so, so good, good at what he does. And I think that people always assume that he's just being him. But if you ever watch his interviews, he's very like he seems like a put together guy. Like he knows where <laughs> yeah. he wants his career to go. He's not just doing this. No, now. no, yeah. no. I love when he like freaks out. Like what do you yes. like his faces? His yeah. faces. His oh faces. my god. I love I love his faces. Yeah. Oh yes. I also wanted to be Zoe for a while or I also played with the idea of how fun it would be uh to be Winston or to be oh I really god. Winston's Winston. like my fair <laughs> Winston so is incredible. I think Winston's like underappreciated in that show. He's so freaking funny. I, yeah. I always forget the actor's name, but he's I know. Gen- and here I am being like, he's underappreciated. And I fucking said his character name. He's so fucking funny. He's so, so amazing. He's, you, when he's improvising, mm-hmm. I can tell that he's improvising, but not because it's so obvious, but because like, there's something about him that's so, I'm like, you could never write anything Winston <laughs> improvising would say. Like, it's just so genuine and so funny. Oh. And I, I love him so much. I love Coach a lot too. Like oh, having those yeah. two together. Oh. They're all really good at like a freak out face. Yes. Like all of them have really, I just, like I never yeah. clued in, but all of them have really good like freak out. I mean, also Max Greenfield is fucking amazing in that oh, show too. Oh my God. Ma- What's his name? Schmidt. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. Schmidt is so so, so fucking good. funny. They are all so good. And yeah. that, like watching that show, I was like, oh, this is a perfect cast. Like yes. that's the kind of thing I want to be a part of, like being on a show where like everyone is so, they just look so much, like like so much fun. Like people I could just go out drinking with. Yes. Like, that's the kind of show I want to work on. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Me too. Growing up, I used to just watch gag reels of the shows that I loved because oh I was God, like, yeah. oh, this is the behind the scenes that I can yes. get. This is what I yeah. want to do. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. See rapid fire. I'm so sorry. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, what's something that you, okay. So you you're in your robe, you have Prosecco mm-hmm. you're, where they're mm-hmm. like, we are, we're doing a new girl remake and you're going to okay. play Zoe Deschanel's character. I'm okay. forgetting what his Jesse. Je- uh, Jess. Yeah. Jess. Jess. Je- Jess. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to play Jess. It's okay. going to be, it's going to be, um, Jamie. We're renaming her Jamie. Okay. Jamie. Okay. Cool. You can have anything in your rider. What is in okay. your rider? What one thing's in your oh rider? Oh my God. I, I genuinely don't even know. <laughs> oh my God. Um, um, uh, oh, oh, I do know. Yes. Peach, peach bubbly. Ooh, okay. <laughs> the new flavor of, pe- of Yes. Okay, great. You'll have unlimited. Unlimited. That's, okay, so, great. that's all I want. We're manifesting so much for your career right now. I'm, yes. I cannot wait till you take a picture in your robe <laughs> with your peach bubbly. Okay. Um, who is the most underrated pop icon in your eyes? Oh my God. Donna Summer, hands down. Oh, good answer. She revolutionized the way we listen to pop music, the way pop music is made. She's one of the first artists to ever use um, like synthetic, like fake instruments, like a computer to create an album. Um, She was internationally famous, very popular in Germany. Like she's this kind of like artist like we wouldn't have Solange if we didn't have Donna Summer. Like all the new pop girls exist because of Donna Summer. 
she revolutionized disco. Like she's, I love her. She rapped, she, she sang about sex workers. Like she's so fucking cool. You know, oh, like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Bad, bad girls is about, I mean, it's not the most positive <laughs> these days, <laughs> right, but right, she right, was right. shouting them out. Like <laughs> she, yeah, her intention she, was there. They, yeah. Exactly. The intentions were there. Oh, everyone yeah. go listen to nostalgic because see, I was like, it's no, we don't nice. know, know much. I'm like, yeah, right. Listen to that. Okay. That is last, very sweet. Last <laughs> rapid fire question for you is what is something that you're feeling grateful for today? Oh my God. I'm feeling so grateful for being able to talk with you. Like not, not even to be like so weird annoying, but honestly, it's been such a stupid day of me just like doing like chores and like my taxes and nonsense (laughs) and being in the city where like being in a city where you can't really do anything. You can't even really practice your art is it sucks right now. So this is very nice. Oh yeah. It is. It is kind of funny. I'm asking you, what are you grateful for on a day where you're like, I did my taxes. So I think like I really had a good, good chance of being the thing you were grateful for, but I still appreciate you choosing me. That's so freaking sweet. That's so nice. I'm also so grateful because I can't remember if I said this before we started recording Mm -hmm. or after, but um, you are someone that like, I saw it girls. Yeah, of course. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, I, so I've known of you or thought you were lovely to the extent of like how much you could think someone's lovely without knowing them, like not a creepy (laughs) amount, but thinking like artist to artist, wonderful. Oh, that is so kind. Thank you. And you you know, for all different reasons, I hold back and like Mm -hmm. reaching out to people and saying, Hey, I think you're great. Do you want to connect? And yes. And whatever. So, um, I feel really grateful that we got the opportunity to chat today. It's been a great time. Like congratulations on your shout out in the Toronto star. Oh, you too. Thank you. It's huge for a podcast to like get, you know, press. So congratulations. I loved being right alongside you two as well. Are you three? I always say you too and I'm like Aiden I always say you too and I feel so bad you and even even Aiden will be like you too and I'm like Aiden you are a part of the game it's okay it is it it is hosted by me and Ben but Aiden Mm -hmm. is like the the solid like the rock that keeps us like yeah grounded you know yeah. It was lovely to be alongside you three there. I loved it. I bought a copy and I kept it at home. Did you okay I was like this is so cute. I'm keeping this. Like it was, I was in Halifax at the time. So I called my mom and I was like, please get to the nearest convenience store. (laughs) It was, I, I like, it was hard to find it. I didn't even think of it. And then Susan Wasick had, cause that's how I found out anything. She texted Mm -hmm. me and she had a physical Mm -hmm. copy. And I was like, it's in the physical copy. I just assumed it would just be online. I thought it was going to be online. I was like, oh, that's fine. And then, and then because like that, that whole copy had so many people I knew the, that one edition had so many people I knew. And I was like, man, let's just get like a a fucking physical copy. Yes. and I didn't even realize nostalgique was originally a part of that list. It, I'm, truly, Brendan was so sweet for that. But oh, I know. Yeah. Bless Brendan. Yeah. Go listen to Shredded. Listen, listen to nostalgique. To also, truly. go look up that article because also you had a gorgeous photo in it. That is very sweet. It was gorgeous. It was, it was done by Navra Badar. I oh. did I pronounce her last name right? I don't think I did. I'm so sorry, Navra girl. I'm so sorry, girl. I haven't talked to you in so long. But if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> she 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 took she took the photo. She did a great job. She's a it's phenomenal gorgeous. photographer. Shout out to her. Shout out to all the podcasts. Go listen to Toronto podcasts. There's so many great ones right now. Please, yes. Go listen to all of them. And if you are friends with anyone in any form of media, shout them out anywhere. It helps us. It really does. It (laughs) truly does. Authentically, but it does help. Exactly. Yeah, it really, really does. Okay. Well, also just shout out Abba. Oh, that's very sweet.